0: To win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Playoffs?
1: Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win
2: a game. If you want to crown them, then crown them. A- but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
3: Hello and welcome into Commissioner Corner Week 14 Preview. It is the deciding week in the Lugues regular season finale. It's time to see who's going to be in the playoff, who, uh, or... Who's training, I guess, already for the beer mile. (laughs) And then who's, of course, going to bring home the Yarby in 2021, 2022. And you can hear him there. Tonight's going to be a special episode where we rotate around the whole loog and get the perspective of everyone because it is such a drama-packed week. And leading us off tonight is your beer mile champion. I guess we can already start calling you that. It's in the bag at this point. Well, um, I still got to
4: finish the fucking thing before I can become a champion.
3: <laughs> you'll, you have no choice. You'll either finish or you'll have to do that fifth lap or second mile, whatever it was. Yeah,
4: or I die.
3: Or you die. One, of the, But either way, you lived a good life. Um, I think we're going to start it off by with each person going into their random topic that they brought to the pod, and then we'll talk a little bit about the beer mile and predictions there. And lastly, who we think is going to get into the playoffs. Um, cool. So, Ty, let's just let's just go ahead and kick it off, man. I, I know yeah. you had a good topic for us.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm looking at my Christmas tree in the living room right now. I got the lights up on the house. Hell yeah. And it brings me to this topic and or question, really. As in, when is... I, let's go when is too early or when's an acceptable time to get the tree up ornaments on and the like, lights on the house okay. what what do you think is the right time really
3: okay give us your take
4: so usually I slack because I'm a procrastinator and take forever but this year for some reason like I think it might have been the w- yeah it was the weekend of Thanksgiving wow I got my tr- I got my tree and did my Christmas lights because I had Thursday Friday off Right. Which I was like, I got to take advantage of this time because I'm definitely not going to want to do it on a normal weekend when I'd rather be doing something else. Right. And then I was like, this is perfect. Banged it out real quick. It it never really even takes that long, but it's just a daunting task in your mind when you're like, oh, I got to get the ladder out. I got to get clips on the gutters.
3: It's not hard, but it's tedious and it's, it's just fucking annoying at times. It's always worth it. Of course. Do you go rainbow lights or just straight white?
4: Oh, I'm rainbow lights, man. Yeah, I'm definitely rainbow lights. And like Megan, I don't decorate the tree at all. I maybe put a couple ornaments on. Yeah, I didn't either. She she wraps she wraps every branch. (laughs) I'm like, I I don't got time for that. You know, (laughs) I'll put one strand around. She's like, you only have one strand she and then i went to home depot and bought like six more
3: <laughs> oh yeah that's right i forgot when we we actually saw a preview of your tree and only the little top was covered that, so yeah. funny that's so dude it's it's just a thing in in households because growing up my mom this makes perfect sense for all of you that know my mother which i believe is everyone like we would all decorate the tree and then when we went to bed she would take it all down and redecorate it the way she wanted so it looked really good and so it's no. like we got to do the tradition but then she had the final say of where things went, like after we went to No, fame. oh yeah, it's an all time. How does anyone have the who? How does someone carry that's enough? some
4: mental tough? That's some mental toughness, honestly. <laughs> oh, to like, all right, go ahead and like Brittany and Connor fuck it up, and I just don't worry. I'll take another three hours tonight and do
3: it. Yeah, dude. When it comes to home decor, there's no one more mentally tough than Sue Scott. Okay, <laughs> that's what I. I mean, she's always buying and trading, buying and trading. I mean, this woman does not stop. Uh, <laughs> the house is better I for got, it.
4: Is Thanksgiving too early, though? Or I think that's acceptable. I think
3: that's acceptable. I think actually the weekend you did it is probably the most common, like, time. Because you don't leave Thanksgiving stuff up. Like, Christmas, it might linger a little bit because everyone's like, fuck, I really wish it was still Christmas. But Thanksgiving, like, people are so excited to get on to the new season or the new holiday that I think you see, like, for a lot of people, I think that's a great time or, like, a big time to get your tree, too, in general, if you hadn't already got it, is to um, go, like, almost the day or the weekend after Thanksgiving when you put all your stuff up. So I'm with you there yeah. this year. I was, a, I kind of sinned. I had, it was dry out and we don't have many lights just around our, um, like opening area, which is pretty small. And I put them up like the Monday before Thanksgiving, they were already, <laughs> they were already up because we just like, I was like, uh, it's dry right now. It's probably going to get worse. Like you said, with the ladders, I was motivated yeah. for a split second. So I was like, that's not going to last long. This
4: is also real quick. We don't have to go into it. And maybe we need to talk about this another time. Or maybe you can talk about it with someone else. But what other things throughout the year do you decorate your house for? Because like, it's just, it feels like, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is a weird thing in general to do. Well, I think it's,
3: I think it depends a little bit. Just like you said, a quick answer. I think it depends a little bit on if you have kids or not, because like, again, going back to Sue Scott, she's got a box for every month. Dude, I'm not even fucking with you. Like, February, you get the hearts. Like, May is all flower themed. It's craziness. It's crazy. And
4: also, another thing being the nickname chicken, it is so <laughs> fucked that, like, metal chickens have become like fashionable for like parents to have and like families <laughs> to have just randomly throughout their house that's so true it's honestly a slight jab and i hate it
3: it's so true because it just sets you up to get called chicken whenever especially john fishbacks are <laughs> yes <in. laughs> that's yes. hilarious uh, yes let's move right, on we've we've time because yeah. you've got a daunting task at hand bigger oh, even so me. than decorating the tree and that is yes. the 2021 Luke beer mile um, huh. It's it's been an unfortunate season for you. We've we've very much covered that throughout the podcast. Now I want to know where your mindset is in your training, kind of, and then what you predict might happen come beer mile day because there will be bets, there will be lines on your times again.
4: Yes, there will. Which mine will be a much more interesting mile. I'm guessing. I've been hitting the peloton in the morning, but it just doesn't do the same. You know, I mean, I I got to get out there. It's cold. I I know. Running in the cold. You know, so I gotta find a treadmill quick. or No, I'll. I'm gonna honestly. I'm. I just like the Peloton move because I can do it in the morning when I'm worn, when I'm warm. And then my goal, my or my strategy going into this is like the week before I'm gonna run like
3: Jesus. four or
4: five, four <laughs> or five days. And you then are cutting just... it
3: close, my friend. I love it.
4: <laughs> well, I gotta practice drinking before then, Connor.
3: That's true. That is actually. <laughs> An underrated part of that is I'm so bad. And at it's the Chubby. fucking
4: holidays. It's like, I'm. this is a, the worst time to have it. Because I am going to run this when everyone's home.
3: Oh, hell yeah. I love hearing that. So, so wait, hopefully. Is that in like two weeks? Or like when are is we? Is it? I mean, we'll have to talk but like I know Randall's coming back. I David will probably be in town, I would guess.
4: Yeah, fuck, that's actually. I got to run like
3: tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to say you might be at those two weeks. <laughs> Dude. Are you uh, uh what's your what's your prediction in terms of barfing? Do you think you're going to have a lot of barfing
4: for sure? You think I'm, that's going to come it, up? Yeah, cuz I was just like chilling the other day when we were all together and
3: and barf? I was just
4: like uh, no and just <laughs> chug and just chugged a beer and I was like fuck I'm full and I'm not running. I'm standing. Like, I I know without a doubt there will be beer coming up of some sort, whether hopefully it's just foam like you said it was. But
3: that is all. I mean, it's, I don't think it can be much else. Like, it just sticks in like the top of your stomach and comes right back up. Do you think? Yeah,
4: I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great punishment, man. I mean, it it sucks. It's, it, it's fantasy football, man. It's, it's a bitch, I tell you. It's, and, and and it's the best game out there.
3: It's, uh, it, it is like having a cruel bitch lover like the good times are so <laughs> yeah. great but the bad times are just make you regret like, all Like, uh, decisions fuck man
4: dude that draft i had this year i mean i was the best in, i i think the funny thing is i, I was projected towards the bottom
3: <laughs> yeah and ended uh, up there yeah that's bad yeah, yeah you did have some bad but, breaks, um, but the
4: thing about fantasy football is and i'd be curious to know with all the like randall being a consistent one Kyle, like the consistent good owners is, I mean, I thought I did as much research as I've ever done this past off season, but like, it's more about projecting teams and like guys who are known to be not. I'm not. My team was injured. Yes, a lot of teams were injured, but like looking for players who are like consistently healthy, you know, because like drafting guys that are actually going to be around is like a talent in its own right you know and like are more sturdy and stuff so i'm i'm or uh i don't know what the right word is but um i wonder if guys are researching that and that's something i'm definitely gonna you know try and hopefully spend a little time on this next season is look at like track records of health and stuff of players
3: yeah that's true i mean just looking at your roster now you see five or six red notices next to names I and mean, yeah you can't you can't win if your best players aren't in the lineup. Um, yeah, just like
4: just like everyone else, though. I mean, yeah,
3: no, like I, you said, I it's two, a strategy yeah. maybe going forward to kind of consider things like yeah. that. I mean, some of them like Antonio Brown faking his vax card. You can't predict that all sucked. of them, but that really yeah, you sucked. Can't, can't predict all of them. But... And
4: the my two like that stick out to me just before um, at the beginning of the season that fucked me over was Cooper Cup becoming a god and taking everything away from Robert Woods that killed me. And then Alan yeah. Robinson, you know, all being on the bear, no, really, back, yeah, yeah, and that that was tough for that
3: me. is t- that's true. Those are nor or were two good consistent fantasy players, and you got them both on the drop-off year. and that's always tough. On as your wide yep. receiver one and two, um, yeah,
4: but I mean, that's what I love about fantasy though is like just how my, like it's just different every year, and like the injuries, you know, they suck in real time, but like just add
5: to <laughs> yeah add to add it to all it, your fantasy
3: projection, and it really starts yeah. to hurt. <laughs>
5: Oh, um, yeah, but
3: give us a quick, it was, it was a good year. Give us a quick time projection for your beer mile.
4: I honestly, I mean, it, you looked like you were battling con. I was and definitely you were, battling. You were eight 30 or something,
3: 851. right?
4: 51, eight So call it nine minutes. I'd like to give myself an extra 2 minutes just for being slower and but
3: but you'll drink the beer a lot faster. I
4: think I can I think I can guzzle the beer.
3: Yeah, cuz I took like at at a point it was like on back-to-back trips one took me like 35 seconds and the other took me like 50. And you won't yeah, have so, that problem because I've just um,
4: Are we are we able to actually I you I'm, can't I'm, move <laughs>
3: while you drink is all. You have to do, yeah, 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 you have yeah, to yeah, yeah. stand still.
4: Um, but you can shotgun it, no?
3: No, you can't. Based okay. on the video last year that you said, yeah, that, yeah, I think we clarified.
4: said drinking the beer is, I think the key is like not to drink straight from it. I think you have to like dump it, yeah, to, so that for the air, you know, like that's
3: what I couldn't do. I just cannot, and that's an underrated factor. That's why I think like Cooper would be insanely good because he's actually pretty damn fast. Um, yeah, it oh god, now he's gonna text thinking he's hot. Yeah, shit. Uh, I wish I did take that, that part out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that out. but then he can drink a beer and like. Three seconds, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's got room to score it. Back. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, vacuums it down.
3: Um. Okay. Lastly, here before we move on, since uh, I guess we can't go a half hour like we were talking about with everyone, but <laughs> as it's going to be tough not to. It yeah, is the end of the season here, and we've got playoffs in the balance. We've got Randall and Cooper locked in, already guaranteed their spot, and then myself. Oh. Yeah, they're in. They're both in. Cooper because so, yeah, of no. his shitty division. Thanks a lot, guys. Um, mm-hmm. And Randall because he's dominated up until last week.
4: And I'm looking. I could. I could. Well, did you... have you beat Randall? Slash, do you have more points than him?
3: No, he's he's gonna take that no matter what.
4: So even if I, like, played spoiler and actually won a game against him?
3: Yeah, it would it w- be it would be nice because our records would be the same if I win, and that would make me feel good. But honestly, it wouldn't really advance me. He'd still be the one. I was
4: will. hoping that my game meant, like, something to some Like, if I could <laughs> knock, sorry, off, like, dude. knock off <laughs> Derek just, or something, you know? Or... <laughs> it's just
3: not your year. I wish, I wish it did, too. But it's just no, really not dack your year. me
4: off. That, I'm never using that game again. <laughs> That's true. Was...
3: <laughs> you have to ban that one. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Um, Do you think Um, myself, Paul, John, Jack, Kyle, or David get in? (laughs) Two of those teams (laughs) are getting in. Everyone but you and Derek and Cooper and Randall. Thanks. No no problem. And also, just Um, shout out to Derek for being like...
4: Jack fucking, I mean, bent me over last
3: week. Yeah, he did.
4: And... I mean, the guy's a fucking cocksucker, but he might
3: do it. He might do it. You hate saying that. You hate yes, saying that. I called him an effing C word, dude. Hey, well, you don't have to censor yourself after you already said it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for
3: bleeping it up the second time. It felt bad the second time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh,
4: no, I mean, I, so I'm going Jack and I just pick my me, page. dude. Hold on.
3: <laughs> what are you doing pick me <laughs> when am i when and i'm in come on send me oh, good it, vibes when,
4: yeah. who else is it paul
3: paul and paul david john and um kyle, i need, all technically i cut. need
4: the world needs paul to lose
3: <laughs> okay so you're <laughs> saying jackson and you don't care who the other is it just can't be paul
4: <laughs> well or kyle yeah no yeah pretty much
3: okay that sounds good all right, Ty, let's go ahead and wrap there. It was a yep. pleasure, as always, talking with you. I think next time yeah, we got Randall Tainer. Excited for this one to come out. Thanks for uh, those wise Love words it. from you, from our beer mile champion.
4: Best Luke in the world, best commission in the world. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, later, brother.
3: And joining us now, the one, the only, Randy Daytona, Randall Tainer. Randy, how's it going? I mean, it's it's got to be great sitting on your throne and your high horse. At the top of the league, there.
0: Yeah, you you, you know me. Love uh love riding ponies and uh, just uh, winning fantasy football weeks as much as I can.
3: It, it's safe to say you've had the most dominant team um, pretty much all year long. And before we get into that, I did want to ask you, you know what what random topic you had for the group today? Because we just heard from Tyler; he had a good one to lead us off, talking about when the appropriate time is to put up your Christmas decor um mm. a classic of course and and course. with your mind i was very excited to see what this topic is because it's going to be far from normal i know that much
0: well uh yeah well i guess i don't mean to disappoint but i figured the topic i would talk about is more of just like a current life scenario oh that um, sounds great and that is uh lauren and i are moving to chicago in january Woo. So, uh, you know, figured we could talk about that and first time moving anywhere outside of the West Coast and uh, everything that uh, it has in store for us thus far.
3: And so have you that that is a much better topic, actually, and this is much more exciting. Congratulations on that move, that pending move. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and sorry to break it to everyone Randy told me first, so everyone can suck it, uh, (laughs) (laughs) including you, Jack. Um, but (laughs) the, uh, I want to know when you found out, you know, that was, I know, obviously it was a discussion for a while and then it came to fruition. What was the first thing you thought about like lifestyle change when you're in Chicago versus San Francisco? Um, or what's the first thing you pictured doing in Chicago? That's a better, that's a better question. I think.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, first thing I pictured doing was, um, I'd have to say getting a lot better at ice skating.
3: That's exactly uh, what I was uh, thinking. Mine was ice skating for sure. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And then I think the second one was, uh, being there for St. Paddy's day where they dye the river green and all that. I, uh, I think that's, it should be a pretty fun holiday.
3: That's going to be epic. And how are the how are the nerves? Uh, like you mentioned, first time moving off the West Coast. Granted, you have been in San Francisco a long time now uh, since school, so you have a little bit of experience in starting in a new city. But where, where's the nerves at? How's the mindset? Like, what what are you feeling right now? Because it's obviously a major life event.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling good, um, anxiously excited. I'd say. Um, I think the biggest thing that's going to have to get used to is, uh, the cold, you know, us moving in January, we're really just jumping right into, uh, the frozen tundra of, uh, Lake Michigan there. But, uh, I'm excited, uh, excited to experience Chicago, which I've heard is, you know, one of the best cities in our, in this great country of ours. And, uh, I'm also excited to try to, uh, I'd, I'd say it's probably a pretty good opportunity for like personal growth as well. Lauren right. and I, we have a couple friends there, a couple of friends from Oregon, um, CJ's old buddy from Gonzaga, who I lived with, uh, for a short time in Seattle will be there. Um, but I think, uh, we'll have to branch out of our comfort zones quite a bit to meet new people, try new things. And, um, just kind of see what the Midwest has in
3: store. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I think that's naturally when you're, when anyone's moving, kind of the first thing you think about is the friend group. And so it's great that you have some people there that you can connect with off the bat. I always feel like mm-hmm. it's just makes it so much easier, but I am interested to see kind of what hobbies and why are you end up at to find a kind of your new group there? Because I don't know if Chicago's going to take to your hacking as well as the West coast did. We're pretty laid back, but the way you play such handsy defense, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if Chicago's going to like that as much
0: Yeah, I, it's, from what it's... I've heard. <laughs> it's not everyone's favorite i to my own credit or maybe just to i every time i hear your voice in the back of my mind connor but uh, <laughs> uh i try i try to be less physical with the hands and uh try not to foul uh as much um when it comes to pickup basketball just played uh, some games earlier today actually so
3: how was the um, jumper
0: jumpers actually looking pretty pretty tight um it's a small court that we play on it's indoors and but it's only four on four so it's not five on five but uh so half court is more of a you know a long long nba three so every once in a while i'll launch one of those just to you know stretch the d as they as you will
3: absolutely you got to keep them honest um yeah i am curious have you already gone and visited Chicago? Have you picked out like a neighborhood or area that you kind of want to aim for in terms of apartment? Do you already have an apartment or a house or however, what's kind of the deal with the living situation?
0: So we're, the reason we're moving there is Lauren is doing very well at work and Woo! I can Let's go live Lauren. from work, live from anywhere uh, with my job, but she's opening an office for her company in Chicago. And so Damn,
3: she's like responsible for it
0: yeah she what yeah, a boss. That's, that's exactly what i'm um, said i'm like is your like are they sure like are, you know <laughs> yeah. but uh but uh no she so she's doing very well um and they're putting us up in corporate housing for the month of january so oh, nice um we are going to be there boots on the ground january um to find a specific place come february one for us um, and I've been to Chicago uh, all of one time, and that was a month and a half ago when uh, I actually met up with a T-Dog um, for the Niner Bear game. Uh, Ryan, Jeff, and I went out and spent a long weekend there uh, touring neighborhoods and getting a, a lay of the land.
3: Nice, nice. Did you um, experience much wind?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It is, <laughs> is such you, a fun joke. fact. They don't call it the Windy City solely for the wind. I think it's also because of the political climate of
3: oh, actually, Chicago
0: <laughs> slash Illinois. Yeah, fun fact for you. Look at
3: Chicago you, Chicago is like not, it.
0: yeah, it is not known for it's not called the Windy City for the wind. It's called the Windy City because politics wise, it goes back and forth between Republican and Democratic mayors all the time. Um, So that's a fun fact for you, but uh, it is no joke. Like you know, it it was like fifty degrees and sunny, and then if a gust of wind came, it felt like it was thirty-five.
3: Oh man, that just sounds so exciting for January. Yeah, yeah.
0: But um, as far as new hobbies, Lauren and I are actually going to get into uh, roller skating. uh, Oh, okay. uh, Once the weather gets warmer, so it's going to be ice skating. And then it's Chicago is incredibly flat. It is the opposite of San Francisco, um, where for anyone who's visited here, it's hill after hill after hill. And Chicago is so flat that um, everyone either just runs uh, like the Chicago Marathon has like the fastest times in the world or something like that. And then, um, so we were thinking, well, we've never really been much runners, so we should become rollerbladers. Um, so
3: that's a little fun fact for everyone. Do you already have your blades? Are you going to buy them there?
0: Uh, I think we're going to have to buy them there. Um, just, I think, uh, it makes sense to, uh, test it out and see what, uh, the rollerblade market is, uh, over
3: yonder. Maybe get into some street hockey. I, I could see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I could. I mean I I am a my ice skating repertoire is literally just Sherwood Ice Arena in middle school. And <laughs> then I think by like, the side. Yeah, and then like one date dash in college, but um so that's probably not gonna end well. I don't think hockey's in my future, but we'll see.
3: Hockey may not be in your future, but what is in your future is watching Tyler run the beer mile. And I need to mm-hmm. get your perspective on where do you think Tyler's going to come into this? Because we just had a, like I mentioned, just had a chat with him. And you'll hear it on the pod. He is uh, going with the bolder strategy of not doing too much warm-up running in the weeks ahead. He's going to kind of <laughs> work on the drinking part of it and then go as hard as he can the day of. So I'm curious to hear uh, how you think Tyler's going to fare in the beer mile this year.
0: I think Ty going to do pretty well. Um, I think everyone in the Lube knows Ty is a, a good athlete i'd say he's probably like this like a the sneakiest athlete out of any of us um the guy is very coordinated has a beautiful feathery jump shot and floater in basketball can oh, move his feet pretty well um so he's I, I think tyler comes across as kind of a sneaky athlete and i think just watching the videos of you and john the last two years sorry to bring up bad memories con um yeah, thank you very much for that I think the drinking part really is almost as equal as the running part, maybe like 60 or 40, 60. Um, And Tyler is probably in the top two or three drinkers of the Luke. So I think, uh, I think he will have a pretty decent time because of those two things. Also, I'm expect my big prediction is I don't think he's going to puke up any of the beer.
3: Wow. I think he's
0: gonna I think he's gonna hold it all down.
3: He even said it, it, that he was planning on just letting it flow, but I kind of I'm kind of with you. I think it's also smart to uh if you don't feel like you're going to set the record time, you might as well pace it, you know, and just try to avoid the throw up and try to beat John's non-throw up aided mm-hmm. record.
0: I do have a question regarding the beer mile. So, is it is it cuz you and John, if I remember correctly, you drank a beer every lap pre each lap
3: so when it starts or you start with the first beer
0: gotcha okay so is there any like wiggle room there or like room for strategy amongst the runners or is it the same format for every like you know
3: you beer lap beer lap beer lap oh i think it's the same format every year by year i think you've got to keep it consistent so he's gonna have to drink the beer, run his lap, and then he won't be able to move while he's drinking the next beer either. You have to stay in one spot. So I don't know if there's much strategy there. And you also cannot shotgun, which makes it tough. You have to drink it. Tyler was just talking about his chugging technique, but outside of that, I don't know if there's a ton of strategy to be utilized.
0: Gotcha. Okay. I was going to say, cause uh, like if I, if you could do strategy, like I would, probably run the lap and then drink the beer and like end on chugging a beer. But um, okay. That's, that's good to know. I, I think Ty, I, as far as a time, so I'm going to say Tyler doesn't puke in a time. I'm going to say he is at you were You were like, you were what, minutes? okay. I'm going to say Ty comes in at nine 30.
3: Four. wow 934 that's a pretty that's a generous guess of you i feel like i mean i thought going into last year for myself it was like anything 10 10 or under i guess would have been phenomenal and i think if you're saying no puke 935 that's that's a tough time to beat yeah
0: i i don't know i think i think ty's uh once again he's sneaky a athlete. sneaky athlete he's a, a you know decent runner and um I think uh, the adrenaline is really going to drive him to uh, a pretty pretty good time.
3: Fair, fair. And lastly, the uh, topic we wanted to cover is final week of the regular season, and two playoff spots are definitely up for grabs. You and Cooper have locked down the uh, division win. Congratulations there. You know know I obviously don't mean that. Um, And Cooper's (laughs) just benefits from being in a shit division, so I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Classic
0: Rihanna division, am uh, I right? Classic
3: Rihanna um otherwise we have Tyler obviously eliminated beer mile champion and Derek who uh, I gotta give him props is basically the least impactful team throughout this whole season like he was either <laughs> either won the games that didn't matter or just got crushed in the games that he needed to win to make the playoffs and I don't I don't mean that as a bad ownership or anything just it was a weird season for Derek if I do say so myself
0: yeah I yeah, if I remember when I did the power rankings, I think I had Derek at, like, fourth. Yeah.
3: Maybe, oh, yeah. He was way up there for a while because he was he was kicking ass. Yeah,
0: and, yeah, his team was hot. Um, I think it was when, like, my, yeah, but Mike Williams has really
3: gone
2: downhill. Yeah. He had all the, so.
3: all the guys that started hot and definitely have uh, receded to the mean, I think. in that <clears throat> In that setup, I just wanted to know, out of the other six teams... Myself, excuse me. Myself, Paul, Jack, John, David, and Kyle. Which two grabbed the last two playoff spots?
0: Uh, I was looking at it today. I think, I think John has a very sm- slim to none chance in making it because I think he needs to win. He needs you, Paul and Jack, all to lose, right? And then he also needs to outscore you guys by like fifty or
3: sixty points. Yeah. So it's not looking I'm, great. And I'm
0: of the expectation that um, it will be two of the three between you, Jack, and Paul.
3: I think that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet.
0: Uh, um, as far as who I think is going to make it, uh, I think Jack has the hardest game this week because I think he plays John.
3: Yep, that's and correct. I, and,
0: and So I think if for that reason, it could be easy to go with paul and you as the
5: three four
0: um, jack does has have that tiebreaker though and his team's hot um you know i'm yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say just solely off of strength of schedule or opponent this week you and paul um get the dubs and john's a thorn in jack's phenomenally oblique side so
3: <laughs> that's a I think that's just using a solid mathematical backup there uh Jack obviously holds the points for tiebreaker after a couple massive weeks late in the season but things can change quickly still got to get the wins there like you said get into that tying scenario uh
0: if I if I may I wanna uh I just thought I remember John I was
3: just gonna say can you uh, speak to the Madison controversy possible so
0: I, i i don't i don't i don't think john was truly mad but uh i also don't blame him at all like if i was trying to sneak into the playoffs i would want all the help i can get but uh i yeah three i guess i have three counter arguments to john's point and once again don't blame it at all but one um i'm like i'm of the mindset I guess I've never tried to like pick my opponents if I'm in the driver's seat in fantasy. Like I think it was two years ago when you know yours truly took home the Yarby. Um, that I think it was Kyle. I think Kyle tanked the last week this season to uh, pick his opponent, and I could have done the same to Paul and Derek, but I just let it let the cards fall where they where they may. And it worked for Kyle because I think he he got a super easy semifinal game where I kind of had to duke it out with Derek. Um, But I guess I I don't think that's really prudent because fantasy, so many things can happen. Um, And it just does probably can't bring very good karma to you.
3: Um, Right. You got to think of the fantasy football gods.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I guess to so the second point is this year specifically, everyone is so close, especially one through six, that me even trying to pick an opponent, I don't I don't know who I would want to play in the semis. Like I don't I think right. everyone's shown they can get hot for a week or two at a time. So I I was of the mind that I'm just gonna make my team as strong as possible and, and hope for the best. And then thirdly how did David, who had 90 waiver dollars, credits, not pick up Madison? Like, he needed a running back. I think the Browns were on buy. And so, really, it shouldn't have, he shouldn't have even fallen in my lap, because um, David should have picked him up. And then, yeah, but that's just kind of strategy. You know, I had money to burn, and there wasn't really a better player to, to burn it
3: on. And that's a fair question, but based on the offers report showing that David didn't even offer a single dollar, I think it's safe to say he may be checked out of this season here. Um,
0: yeah. He, <laughs> I don't know. He. I mean, if, I think if he started Madison, I, he could have won or was very close to beating Paul, and then he would be the one with you and Jack as, like, who's going to take the two finals. Oh, spot. I
3: agree. It was a crucial error. I mean, it's... It, safe to say it probably cost him his shot at the playoffs this season so nah. at, at not a not a great strategic move there by david but um more so i think you made some good points there to john and and i think it's more of a he, like you said he's got you got to manage your own waiver credit it's not your fault it's not yeah. your fault that you've made a good bid yeah i mean i
0: don't i don't blame john at all but like I, I just don't think trying to manipulate the standings is good fantasy karma or really even just a good use of my time because if I... <laughs> it's a uh, waste wanna,
3: of your damn time. I'm like,
0: there's... Really, like, between you, Paul, and Jack, I I don't know who I'd want to play. Like, Jack's team is in inferno hot right now. Paul's team is probably the most star-studded, and then, Con, you've been there all you know all season. I think just you went on- away, <laughs> just quietly just chipping.
3: chipping away over here.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just of the mind that I want Debo to get healthy and have the strongest team I can in the playoffs. Hopefully, fucking Gardner Mania doesn't overtake Hertz. That would be um,
3: amazing. What a that twist would that would be going into your playoff run.
0: Yeah, that'd be brutal. Um, but uh, yeah, so. I'm just trying to be as strong as I can, and um, we'll see how that goes.
3: Well, luckily, we get to talk to John next, so I'm excited to see his response. I know he's going to have some choice words for you. Uh, it's safe to say I don't know if he's completely over it based on texts I received earlier today. So at least you got a chance to defend yourself in this case.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Connor, didn't. Uh, I guess let me ask you, did you put in an offer for Madison at all?
3: No, I did not.
0: Okay, so I think it was you, me and John had like some dollars left.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm down pretty much to the end of mine now. I have like ten bucks left. Um whereas David's got ninety. Oh yeah, it's me, you, and John. All have Uh oh. Poor cooking by Randall there.
0: Pork. Okay. My bad. I'm going to put it on mute.
3: Okay. Sounds good. This actually probably has you run to tend the fire. This is probably a good time for us to uh, say goodbye. Randall, I know you're dealing with some things as we watch you run through the apartment, Uh, but huge congrats on the move to Chicago. I know we'll be talking about it a ton more coming up as you are home, I think in one week, two weeks, two weeks, Right.
0: Two weeks,
3: yeah. Two weeks. So, everyone get ready. Mark off some time on your calendar because we're getting together with Randy. Great to hear from you, Randy. I hope the apartment uh, doesn't burn down here. Love you. Love you. See you, buddy. And calling into the pod now, John Fishback, the man who uh, isn't too pleased with maybe most of our league at the current moment. John how you doing? I know you caught some waves this morning and throughout the day, so that had to at least reset your mood after a very dramatic waiver wire last week. Um, hoping hoping you're in a better mental space now and ready to chat about some fantasy football.
1: Did you say welcome to the pot?
3: No, no I didn't.
1: <laughs> uh, kind of sounded like
3: it. I didn't even say welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you said
1: welcome into the pot.
3: Okay, I said pod, but I don't even know if I said the word pod.
1: Alright. Alright. Uh, yeah. I'll anyway. do an
3: electric start as always.
1: Yeah. Anyway let let's just get into it. Let's address the elephant in the room, which is obviously Randall. Like <laughs> I'm I'm so heated, dude. I'm pressed. Like you can consider me full court pressed right now. I So let's I'll just talk for a second. Okay. And Randall, I hope you're listening. Okay. So Randall has currently 61 acquisitions. I think Cooper addressed it earlier this week or two weeks ago, which is kind of standard for Randall, you know, like he always knows what's going on and that's what makes this so much worse. Okay. I always respect Randall's managerial prowess and I would not be mad at him at all for doing that. Well, Okay, just to set the situation for everyone, I texted everyone last week, like you might have seen about oh, yeah. Randall. Oh yeah,
3: it was yeah. Bolton material
1: about about Randall wasting all of his waiver wire money on Alexander Madison. Okay, um, you know, like if he wanted to do so, now he has none for the playoffs. But if he wanted to do that because he didn't want to play me, or like. It would maybe make sense if Dalvin was supposed to miss some more time, but that's kind of my point is that he's not supposed to, and Randall probably knows that. Or he, like, wanted to lock in the one seed. Those are the only reasons he could have ever made that deal, right? Right. Like, like now he's probably going to play Paul, whose team is much better than mine, and he has no money left. So it literally makes no sense. Um,
3: Do you want me to share with you because we just got off the phone with randall and he did address these uh allegations do you want me to share any of that or do you want to be wait to be surprised yeah, I, no that... i'd
1: love to i'd love to hear what he had to say about well that. he
3: he stood by the fact that it was in no way to try to pick his playoff matchups but instead just to bolster his team he said he doesn't feel comfortable um in terms of being so far and away better that he doesn't want to keep building up his roster when he sees the opportunities, and he thought that was a good opportunity, and it kind of well, kind of proved to, to be no, true. It,
1: it's not. It's it's literally not true. He has Dalvin for, or he has Madison for the last two weeks of the season. Dalvin had like two days before the waiver wire thing last week. He it was announced that he had only dislocated his shoulder, so he's potentially even back. In two days on Thursday. And he's almost 100% sure to be back the week after. So Randall got this guy to fill him for two weeks. We had already locked in his roster spot. So now he has no way to bolster his his lineup for the playoffs.
3: That is, okay. that, that is an interesting point. The fact that he did drain all his waiver. I mean, but if you look around the yeah. league, it's not like there's a ton of money outside of David available.
1: Well, no, but... It's down to the point now where it doesn't matter, like, you know, if a lot of people in the league had $20 and $40 and 30 everyone has a small amount. Randall has two. So he, he literally, like, I was texting him earlier. I have the power with my nine to make his playoff waiver wire not fun for him, you know? right? Yeah. Like, I have the power to... to to look at what he does each week in the playoffs and sabotage his team.
3: And I hope you do. That would just be lovely.
1: Yes. And so I feel like (laughs) kind of obligated to do this. And since this isn't going to come out until after the waiver wires happen, I like I've come to the conclusion because yeah, Randall didn't do it intentionally, but I feel like, Randall making this kind of like he he's not a manager to make a mistake like this. I don't know, like I don't know, and it directly impacted me. So I have to retaliate so that <laughs> in the future he's learned his lesson, and people around the league will have like taken notes from this so that you don't screw uh, over other people. Hopefully, so- especially me. So my plan is Connor. Okay, of instead of like. Hunting for you. If you want to pull up Randy's team right now, oh, I'm looking, to this, I'm looking at okay. it. I'm looking at it. Okay, pull up his team. What's his glaring weakness that you see?
3: Um, right off the bat, I'm seeing his quarterback play being very yes. suspect.
1: Yes, Heineke. And so let me look at my notes. Um, if the highest, the second highest. Uh, projected quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger, okay?
3: Oh, that's so, nasty.
1: So, Tua is on a buy, so what, and uh there's someone, oh, Minshew is also on a buy this week, so what I'm going to do is of my $9 left, I'm going to spend all nine of them getting Taysom Hill, Tua, and Gardner Minshew, so Randall, <laughs> d- like, so...
3: <laughs> you so gonna he... freeze him out of all the quarterbacks
1: yes exactly <laughs> and i feel like that's fair he'll be able to navigate other other positions on the waiver wire are you but doing like, it all deserves... this week i'm doing it tonight <laughs> yes that's so, amazing <laughs> so randall you deserve it i know that you know you deserve it you you did something crazy uncharacteristic that's still baffling me And uh, that's all I got to say about it. Connor, what do you got to say?
3: No, I I love the retaliation coming into play. I I don't know where I stand on whether it was an intentionally thought out move. or.
1: I don't think it was intentional, but it was just like weird. It was just weird that he did that. When it's like, it would literally have been better for him, for Madison to, for if he had Madison on his team already to drop him so I could pick him up and play him so that he didn't have to play Paul, but instead he blew 17 of his $19 and like fucked himself anyway, whatever I'm over it. Obviously, as you can tell.
3: Yeah, it seems like it seems like that one. Dude, dude,
1: I would be playing to make the playoffs this week. Hey, you still technically are. No, I'm not. I have a one percent chance.
3: Hey, it's better than so, a zero. Look at I Tyler's. I mean, I have to
1: score like I have to score like 200 points, and three of you guys have to lose. I mean, it is better than Tyler's.
3: So true. <laughs> so at least you've got that going for you. Um, yeah. Yeah that that wasn't. I didn't even realize that situation was taking place between you uh, you two, and then the fact that it would have won you your matchup that definitely stings. I. Was shocking to see Mark Ingram not pull through and be an absolute force last Sunday, but uh,
1: no, it was, it was Thursday, and that's what my problem was. Like, dude, I always get baited by those Thursday night games.
3: Oh, I hate, I hate playing players in Thursday night games. This week I have three or two, and I'm not excited yeah, about it.
1: It sucks because I want to watch him, and it, you know, it feels so bad watching on Thursday, being like, shit. Well, it I feels really like it can ruin your the-
3: week right away. Right yeah, away. exactly.
1: If you like sat them plus it's fun to watch your guys and there's one game on thursday
3: i know you're so locked in you almost feel like you have to play them
1: yeah so yeah also the i would have if i started god or whatever we don't need to talk about my playoff thing anymore
3: you're whatever. you're over it
1: i'm not over it and i won't be for a while but
3: Well, whatever. in that case, should we move it along a little bit here to uh, we just mentioned Tyler and as the two former beer mile champions, I was curious about your thoughts on how you think uh, Ty will fare. He was our first guest tonight and um, mentioned strategically. He's not super focused on training for it. Uh, He's more. No, he is.
1: He said at uh, the Turkey Bowl that he'd started running already.
3: I think that running has turned into the Peloton, which is still happening more every morning. So that's at least something. It's too bad
1: he's not biking the mile. (laughs) That's
3: a great point. So do you think uh, if he's not picking up his running in terms of the training portion, do you think he still passes the 12-minute mark? Do you think he's under? Do you think he sets a new record? Where do you think Ty comes in?
1: Because he's obviously a better,
3: quicker drinker than both of us. True. True.
1: Tyler is definitely a heavyweight as far as drinking, you know, terminology goes. Right. And I want to say, first of all, Ty- Tyler tried super hard this year and he got super unlucky. He had the second most acquisitions behind Randall. And he still like he kind of got unlucky, you know.
3: Right. I mean, a lot. So of
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, I think he did a great job. It was great to see him try and stuff but also uh moving on to That's your very point very kind
3: very kind of you i,
1: I want
5: to
1: <laughs> i want to challenge tyler to not throw up in this beer mile so i think he'll be able to do it in under 12 easily if he throws up i mean this is this will be the dispute going forward i want someone else to attempt the no puke and i'd like to see it i'd like to see him come text us and say I'm going to not
5: throw up. Oh, so you this. want you
3: want him to guarantee it pre, uh, pre-run?
5: pre Yeah.
3: That's a. I I think uh, looking back on mine and the puking versus not, I think the thing you have to do if you're going to try to not throw any of it up is use somewhat of your strategy of like walking part of it or light jogging part so that it can settle for a second. I think going with the all-out sprint the whole time or, you know, what was feeling like a sprint at the moment. Um, yeah. It was literally impossible for that to stay down. But I think, I think Tyler's the the right kind of mix where maybe he doesn't ever have to walk. He could like light jog it. And I think he could put up a really pretty impressive time without puking. I think if he pukes, I agree. He's actually, I think he, he's got a better shot at setting the, um the kind of bar to beat for not puking than a lot of, a lot of people in our league.
1: Yeah, I agree. He has long strides.
3: He's sneaky Um, athletic. uh, Randall just used that terminology quite a bit. Sneaky athlete.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't use the term sneaky. Tyler's always been like the most naturally gifted athlete.
3: Man, you and Randall just continuing to butt heads.
1: Well, well. I mean, it's kind of. I'm sure it's like (laughs) what he means to say. Teller's always been the most naturally gifted. He was just fat as shit when he was in, like, <laughs> when he was a freshman, so he didn't get an opportunity. Otherwise, I think he would have, like, done. And and he didn't have a good growth spurt until later. Otherwise, I think he would have have done really well athletically.
3: I absolutely agree. He has always been the best natural athlete. That's a that's a yeah. R- but yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see though. These days, you know, he's comfortable living a great life he's got everything going for him in those moments that we both have experienced during the beer mile where it gets really dark there on like lap two and three Uh, i'm curious to see what kind of place tyler goes to mentally to pull through because he's not Uh, one to get super super mad super kind of you know he's not fueled by anger and so i'm curious to see how he kind of handles those dark moments
1: Wonder what he is fueled by, Connor. That's I'm a great question. And his... you know
3: what? We're going to find out on Beer Mile Day.
1: <laughs> we we are, I, and I cannot wait. I can't,
3: I can't wait either. Wait. I. It's so much fun when it's not you running it. It is so much fucking fun. Oh yeah.
1: Well, and it's even better when you've done it in the past. Like, that's what
3: I mean, because you know the pain that's about to <laughs> ensue. Yeah,
1: you know, you know the Heisman House, how they have it. Yes. The, uh, a certain like camaraderie. I feel like we're starting to develop a beer mile house
3: I, I agree completely and it's not exactly the biggest thing to be proud of but for some reason deep in my heart it, it feels weirdly good knowing that we've done it before
1: yeah it, yeah it i is. wish the
3: reasoning we did it was different but you we know.
1: gotta do something like the trophy but in a shittier way, I guess. So you got to do something. I've got some ideas for this year. Yeah. I've got, I've got some ideas
3: for this year. I'm going to try to have something for us when Ty's running it. So, um, I I definitely agree though. That's a trophy that's been missing.
1: Yeah. I am I'm excited to induce Tyler into the thing. Um, but can we move on to, I have have two other people in the league I need to talk about real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the next person I need to talk to is, is, big money Kmart. All right. Okay. We're just going to go through this quick, but I need, I need Kyle's got to stop bitching in the group chat about his injuries <laughs> on the team. <sink. laughs>
3: okay. You just went direct at it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I was trying to put it. I don't know, but dude, everyone has injuries. Okay. Like, I mean, today it's, it's been happening for a week well, since probably week two or three. I don't know. But, like, dude, everyone has injuries. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and D Hop, who you're talking about, your first three picks, were both not good picks overall, right? Like, right. Yeah. Looking at their averages,
3: they're under where you would expect pretty significantly.
1: Yes. And also, he's like a crazy, unrealistic trader, which has also been touched on in the group chat over the past like or over the whole season I guess. Like he he literally only will accept a trade if it's like you put it into a like a an online fantasy website and it favors him. You know? Like that it's clearly in his favor is only time he'll ever accept a trade. So like yeah your guys are injured and whatever. If you would have traded for someone for like slightly less value because of injury risk, you would not be in the situation you're in anyway. Let's move on. And I want to talk about David. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I had to get that off my chest. Just taking a flamethrower. Do you have anything? Do you have anything, do, you have, do you have anything that you want to say about Kyle, about Kyle complaining about his injuries?
3: No, I, I, not really. I think to me, like we, we all go through it at times. It can just be fantasy football. So relentless. I know like, it's I know, sometimes it's crazy, you just want to bitch about it because it feels like it's a never ending train. So, while I, I hear both sides of it, I've definitely also been that guy before. And I can't, It's. I'm backed into a corner here because people know I'm not the easiest to trade with by far. Um, so I would feel hypocritical for me to be the one to say that I, I agree with you because I've, I don't put it into a thing, but eh, I built a reputation for maybe being a little, <laughs> uh, unreasonable at times.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is true. I like, we have very different styles, so it's right. coming from my point of view, not like a completely objective point of view.
3: Right. That's and just it, what I'm saying. And so what do you, what do you got with David? Is this about his fantasy or the way? For yeah. Money?
1: Yeah, man. I'm just disappointed. You know, David, if he last week, Madison was huge, like massive 19 and a half points. Well, yeah, I mean, for playoff implications, we've already touched on Randall didn't need him and it makes no sense why he got him.
3: (laughs) I love how bitter you are about that.
1: I mean, it doesn't. It's crazy how much, (laughs) how like Randall, I pay a lot of attention and spend a lot of time on this stuff. And Randall does more than I do. And it's crazy to me that he did that. But I mean, anyway, David would have beat Paul this week. Paul would, would like probably have not made the playoffs if, if David had spent $20 out of his, like, what he's, what does he have? $90 $90 left. Yeah. And Ben and been close to being in the playoffs or at least be competing for it this week. Like if he won this week, he would be in most likely. So just a little disappointing. David's like, we've seen a great uptick in his performance and effort, but he has eight total acquisitions on the year compared to Randall's 61 is crazy. No one else is below like high teams. So I
3: think, I think it's safe to say uh, the last couple of weeks we've seen David paying closer and closer attention to maybe the F1 standings and less and less attention <laughs> to the waiver wire. Ever since the Dearness Johnson miss, where I actually didn't need him and didn't play him, but Rand, uh, David uh, needed him to fill in and the Browns and didn't bid there either. And and it's concerning he didn't even bid last week on Madison, but maybe, maybe it's also yeah. the case where he thought he was dead and gone um, based on the points for and everything.
1: But dude, you got to give it a shot. Like what else? Uh, yeah, do you I don't know. I was trying for? to
3: find a reason why he didn't do it. I, I can't really think of one either. David, tell yeah. us why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. David, let's hear your reasoning. I would love to. I Yeah. But um, overall, I think this year was maybe the best year we've had so far, as far as like re- retention and attention,
3: Oh, yeah. I think I think it's only gotten better over especially you've seen over the last two or three years. It's like it's crazy how much I think our league knows in comparison to a lot of other leagues where every single owner is fully plugged in on what the latest news is, as well as kind of even those inside things like freaking Randall always looking up the weather for every kicker he ever owns of every week. It's just small stuff like that is why the Lug is the best. And then I agree that this year also, even Randall has come back to earth a little bit. Like Cooper's eight and five. I'm eight and five. Randall's only nine and four. He has dominated the year points four, obviously, but um, yeah. and then everyone else is seven and six or six and seven outside of the bottom two teams. That's just, that's pretty damn close throughout one through eight.
1: It, it really is. And
3: and even Derek's five and yeah. eight. So you, you, you can't shit on him too bad.
1: No, and he kind of got unlucky with with injuries and stuff too. So
3: he had a I really mean, weird points, season. Yeah,
1: yeah, he, he had a really weird season. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, okay, I think that what you just said is a great
3: segue into my last point. Yep, this is your big one, right?
1: This, yeah, this is my big point. Um, is it? I I feel like with everything that we just said, that it's time for the league of ordinary gentlemen to take the next step. Okay. Okay. And the next step is obviously, um, a dynasty league. So I, I, I totally understand, especially in the past. And I've agreed with the arguments in the past that every year it's nice to have a reset and stuff, but I feel like now everyone gets is so invested in their team every year. does so much research and everything that, it's just like naturally what needs to happen, you know, for because it sucks. Like I have for me, I have uh, Javante Williams, who I've just like held on to all year, waited to develop. And finally, now he is right when I'm out of playoff contention, you know? Right. And it would be I would like love to see him and Kadaris Tony, who was big on uh, Rashad Bateman. Uh, and everyone in the league has guys like that, right? You know, like that you believe in. And it's like, I would love to buy a Javante Williams jersey to, or Kadarius Tony jersey to be able to support them for the next X amount of years. And it sucks having to like let them go in our league. That's like the main reason why we even watch football. And so, yeah, I mean, what, what, what are your thoughts on that?
3: I, So I hear you. I definitely am not opposed to the idea, I think. um, And we had texted about this a little bit before, but I also think it's Mm -hmm. different if you're in a spot like Tyler's spot where you don't have your team had a rough season and he doesn't really have a lot of those like guys to be super excited about going forward. And so you are stuck in like a that that my counterpoint would be that what about when you have to go through like a two or three year rebuild, then it feels like, I mean, that's a long time in fantasy football to be irrelevant, you know, completely. And you're betting on like, cause a dynasty, as I understand it would be, we're drafting like rookies only and you'd keep the rest of your team. Right. Yes. Right. You keep, you keep it. It'd be a real NFL basically with 10 teams and you only draft new players every year.
1: Yes. So the argument for that is, you're right tyler's team is bad but um and i'm not looking at his team right now but usually the reason he a team would be bad is because they have like one of their top picks going to ir you know and uh
3: which is kind oh, oh, of the case but he, it's really just not a lot of good players
1: <laughs> okay well in that case he has the very first pick in the draft next year of rookies which right. in the past has meant, uh Ezekiel Elliott, um what Jamar Chase or Najee Harris this year. Right. But you literally get a, a player that will carry you the next season. And if it doesn't, then like say he finishes eighth or ninth or tenth, even with a guy like that, then the following year he gets another pick to get another guy like
3: right. that. Right. Right. So there is that there's a there's a way out. I'm just concerned like if you it's hard to stay interested I think for um any fantasy football league if you're the guy that's like okay in three years I can maybe mold my roster into being pretty decent with like some good picks because you still we'd still be asking you know for week in week out like competing and I know we would because that's the fun of fantasy football I just am curious if you're like stuck in a rut for two or three years if you actually continue to pay as much attention you know see
1: I don't. So
3: you like, see it kind of the opposite, trans- right?
1: Yeah. So full transparency, I am in a this other league that's
3: oh boo, four, fuck a, you. Well, fuck your okay, other it's a
1: it's a fourteen team league, and it's super like not that it's ten dollars. It's a ten dollar buy in. Okay? okay, so
3: well, you cheated on us, so I don't care well, how much it was. <laughs> I'm not
1: because I spend way less time doing that. But the like it's so fun being able to trade draft picks and like, it literally just makes it so much more like adds other dimensions to it than what we have right now. Um, Like at the trade deadline in that other league, people were trading. So like you're saying Tyler's team, like maybe Tyler had a guy like Adam Thielen or,
3: He's got, like, Aaron know. Jones, Cordell Patterson.
1: Yeah, okay, so th- those guys are great examples. Like, Cordell Patterson is, what, 28? He'd trade Cordell Patterson for, like, probably a first-round draft pick. Right. And and so then Tyler next year has an opportunity to get guys like Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Devontae Adams, Jalen Waddell. So he has multiple guys that he's picking the first round. And then he has the like flexibility to either trade those draft picks for established guys or trust them. Like, I don't think at all it like next year, obviously we'd have to do our full actual team draft, probably an auction. Yeah. And uh, I think and, that'd be uh, the
3: only fair way to, if we did decide to go this route, you'd have to do one more reset. So everyone could think about that being a factor in their draft picks.
1: Yes, exactly. But like, so, so, if your team is bad it it's not like super discouraging because you have like you, you're not just wiping the slate clean sure but you you have an advantage over everyone else in a way that's like more so than real sports because there're only 10 of us
3: right and and like even this year when you see the class of rookies like I think the guys who ended up producing close to the top would have still been picked, you know, as the first early pick. So it would have worked out in the way you're saying, I think. Yes. With maybe a bust and here and there, which is always going to happen, but that's part of any draft anyway.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, everyone on in the league has guys that they wish they could hold on to, you know? Like Derek has Justin Herbert, who I don't know who you have that you would like. Young Nage. guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just think it would be awesome. And I think that everyone would really like it. And I think it's really like necessary now that it would definitely be be, a
3: next step. You know, it'd be a, it makes sense as a progression if we were looking to change it.
1: Yeah. And I, I, so not to be like crass, but I think that if we, if we just continue on
3: my podcast, dude,
1: Well, I'm going to kind of be it. But if we just like continue to have the like the refresh every year, it just becomes a little stale, especially for the amount of effort that we all put into it. And.
3: Yeah, I I see what you're saying. Like it it becomes uh, one long story instead of like 10 separate stories every time, you know, in in our 10th season. Like it's a continual history more so than just like who got not lucky this year but who kind of each season's viewed super individually now right and it all is like its own story and then if we did it this way it'd be kind of a you could see owner growth and especially player growth as well through how they build rosters over multiple seasons it's definitely i think uh if you're thinking about like oh you know, imagine, I think for the first couple years of that, it could be a little bit like you get some people bitching if their team's bad, stuff like that. But then over 10 years, it'd be cool to see how the leagues changed, you know, who grew a roster from the bottom to the top, who was at the top that kind of crumbled because of older players or injuries. You know, it would be cool to see that kind of exactly, Wh-
1: which is the goal, right? Like, I don't think any of us are expecting in 10 years for us for our league to not exist anymore. No, absolutely like, I'm, ho- not. I'm hoping it's, it's something bond. we do when we all have kids, like we're sending our kids to college.
3: Oh, absolutely. I think this is our way pro- to stay connected. Projection.
1: Yes, exactly. And so, yeah. Uh, okay. That's a great point. But the two other points I'll just make really quick. One is the argument in the past that it ruins like the trade that like that there will be way less trades is just simply not true because it there are more trades so our raw like our bench would probably double is how a dynasty works and then we would have our ir slots right so you're you're trading bench guys based on like promise versus yeah reliability right youth
3: now come into it and like potential now are exactly factors in and trades you- where they're not really and in injuries format. and injuries yeah
1: and you have draft picks to trade on top of it so like the the i think it would spice it up more than it like that's what I thought is that it would make it so it's way less fun because it would kill trading and stuff which is just not true and second is it makes watching college football more fun too because our entire draft is like four or five rounds of rookies. That, uh, like in the past, I don't pay attention to, to college football that much at all, right? But, but, uh, when you're going to be drafting college players, even if you only look up highlights, it makes college football more fun, too.
3: That is true, it becomes more all encompassing. And as someone who is in love with uh, video game franchise modes, I like the idea of kind of being <laughs> a GM over multiple yeah. years. That, that, I, it's definitely not. Something I said, like I said off the top, I mean, I'm opposed to. I think it's something though, or a, a vote that we'll want to have time set aside before we take the vote to kind of debate with all ten people on a call. Um, because the yeah, one I thing totally we don't want to do is decide to do it, start, and then after a season, be like, "That sucks," you know, because then everyone mm-hmm. drafted a certain way or played a season a certain way, and it's it gets wiped out. So I'm I'm definitely. Um, thinking in the off season, that's, that's gotta be our main topic of discussion. If, if that's something we do want to consider, which sounds like we do.
1: I hope so. And I hope that everyone like kind of listened to my points because I really think the only way that it wouldn't work is if people didn't pay enough attention.
3: I agree. That's, that's the killer in it all. You have to have everyone being as bought in. All the time, as as they yeah. are now, as we all are now.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, Maybe like, even more bought in. Yeah, pay attention isn't probably the right word. It's just caring is probably the right word. Yeah,
3: you know? if you have a bad I, season, you have to still try as hard as the person leading the league, because or else you're just stuck on the bottom.
1: Yes, and in the past, you've done we've done like um, fines uh, for people, <laughs> Derek for. <laughs> People who didn't, you know, like forgot to play right. players and stuff. And I feel like that's been entirely eliminated over the past few seasons of what we've been doing.
3: And Credit to all the owners.
1: Yes, credit to all the owners. I mean, even David, I was knocking on him earlier, but he never does no. shit like
3: no, that. No, no, no. Definitely. So
1: I think it's it's just like... In that case, there are zero cons for us moving into a dynasty. I think even if you have the shittiest team next year, you'll still like the fact that we're doing a dynasty even more. You're going to go into the next season drafting the, like, making the choice between Kevin Durant and Greg Oden, you know?
3: How dare you go to like,
1: that draft? It's... <laughs> I mean, it's just so
3: yeah you definitely
1: for our league to move towards that it's definitely persuaded
3: me me more to hear your points in in this format than when we were texting i think it's um i didn't see kind of the excitement behind the rookie i thought it was more like limiting but now i can see what you mean by how that could be fun to to pay attention to college football more and kind of get that experience of being a full-on gm it would just as you just mentioned it had would have to be a thousand percent buy-in from everyone pretty much throughout every year
1: uh yeah true i mean yeah
3: but we get that pretty much anyway
1: it still works the same way so the waiver wire would be a little bit more desolate but that's because when you pick someone up off the waiver wire like you might not let go of them for years
3: you know. Well, and small trades could happen too, where you know you're flipping bench players instead of it, that could be viewed somewhat as a waiver wire. You know, um, exactly. It just it second. just adds yeah.
1: so many more dimensions. We we've kind of all mastered this, and we're just kind of, in my opinion, remaining stagnant in this position where does, we're all good at this.
3: That's another good point. Is that we have you know done this so many times? There's been certain strategies and whatnot that. Like you said, it's, I don't know, mastered it or whatnot, but it's, we know what to expect in certain situations because we've seen them nine seasons in a row. So this would change the game, really. I mean, it, we'd yeah. have to relearn how to be successful in certain, certain points, which is always yeah, fun. I, I mean, I think that only increases enthusiasm towards it.
1: So, so true. And I think the um, auction waiver wire this year was amazing.
3: Yeah, that was a great change. That was a, yeah, a was really great
1: change. That was awesome.
3: Well, yeah. I think anyway, that's all I got to say. We should we should probably wrap there, considering we went a bit long. But that's um, definitely points we need to discuss with the league, and and I think we can smell a vote coming. So that's going to be a a pivotal day in Luke history, whatever way we decide to go with it. So I'm excited for that conversation, and then the the following vote.
4: I
1: agree. You made great and points, I, John.
3: You made great points.
1: Thank you. And I also impl- implore, like, anyone, I can see Cooper being opposed to this. I feel like he was the biggest opponent in the past. And I hope that you would, like, call me individually if you have questions or something about it instead of just, like, texting in the group chat because I feel like we can just chat about it and discuss our. I don't know. Like, you're I feel you're like, like a
3: you're like a salesman pulling someone away from their significant other because you can smell they're the weak one. <laughs> just like, yeah, hey, don't don't listen to them. Let's go in the separate room here and let me give you my spiel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, I just feel like if you have doubts,
3: I just feel believe. You so want an strongly. open conversation around this rather yes. than just people shutting it down. Because I I will say I was yes. naturally. My natural inclination was against it because it's a really major change, but the more we've talked yeah. about it, it's definitely grown on me the idea.
1: Yeah, I and I really feel like because I was if I didn't play in this league that I did this year, this like silly little league.
3: Yeah, I the one you cheated on us with.
1: I, <laughs> no, band. I'm not. It's clear it's clearly it's nothing like that.
3: Just a scummy move.
1: But <laughs> but all I have to what it did teach me is that like we gotta we gotta change that it's like
3: there's other leagues it's out like, there
1: no dude it's like it's like you're playing rock paper scissors and there are leagues out there playing chess
3: you know <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah that's a great comparison <laughs> yeah
1: so i just sorry i I'm almost done with my drink, so I'm starting to get a little tipsy, but
3: <laughs> no I'm just think, saying. I, I hear what you're saying. It's time it's yeah. your your banner is that it's time for this league to grow and change with yes. the times.
1: Yes. Emphasis on grow. I mean, dude, would you not like to like have you not grown attached to Najee at all?
3: I absolutely have. I I mean I get attached what you said is very true. You get attached to guys each year and it's always sad to see him go, but I also, they, I got to admit, I do love draft day just because it's, you get every player in the league sitting there and you never know what your uh, team's going to turn yeah. out to be, but I, I can see how the other side would be just as fun for a different reason Yeah, with the yes. rookies. So I'm not, I I, I, I
1: totally I, agree with that. Like,
3: I really like, especially
1: after having a really bad season, like say you're in, in chicken's position right now, right? It, I, he can't wait for the next draft day, you know.
3: Exactly. It's it's that's and that's what I'm wondering. I'm curious to see people's thoughts throughout the league on on kind of that situation.
1: But I, but I think still. I mean, I think the next year's draft class is one of the worst uh, rookie draft classes in that right. Th- like in the past it ten is. plus years for it the is. NFL. But in in the past X amount of years, Tyler would be drafting somewhat like a a player that will completely change the outlook of his team you know like he'll he would still be super excited to add this dimension to his team right he has cordero patterson he has old he has guys he he can trade for draft picks it i don't think it's less exciting at all i think in a way it's more exciting because you have more on the line all the time uh
3: yeah, no so I that, I, hear I don't it. know.
1: We can yeah, we we can stop talking about it now.
3: Okay. <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap there then. Um more okay. to come though, definitely on that. And shout it to John. Do you have any
1: do you have any questions for me? No, about I about anything at I
3: think, all? I think we pretty much covered it. Considering we're like forty five minutes in and they were supposed to be fifteen ish, I, I think it's it's time to wrap this one. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, it's okay. It was all a good discussion. It was worth it. Everyone's gonna enjoy hearing it. Yeah, I feel like the thoughts. dynasty
1: thing is something we needed that needed to be discussed. Yep,
3: needed to be put on the airwaves so that it's out. It's out there in the realm of now, and so people can't hide from the discussion.
1: Yes, I totally agree. It's like communism.
3: That's exactly what they say. And on that note, <laughs> that's John Fishback, another great guest coming up for you next.
1: Are we done?
3: And now joining us, royalty in the Lug itself, our defending champion, the holder of the Yarby, Cooper Sprunk. Coop, how's it going? I I believe you're calling in from L.A., Correct.
2: Yep, I definitely am. I'm pretty bummed I had to leave the trophy in Portland. I usually like to take that thing everywhere I go, especially when we're back in the office uh, at Nike January 10th. Can't wait to have it with my name on the I swear to God, if desk, you put that by your great. desk, I'm
3: going to be so <laughs> upset. I'm going to be so <laughs> fucking upset. <laughs>
2: My coworkers at JR all did that, and I thought it was douchey, then I got the trophy. I was like,
3: you know what? It's honestly perfect. It's it's kind of perfect. Like, you would get to show (laughs) as many people as possible and just shit on the rest of us. Especially, what were you going
2: to say? Lois asked me, like, hey, why the hell do you have that there? It takes up so much room. I was like, I fucking earned this thing (laughs) anywhere.
3: It's because I'm proud, Lauren. It's because I'm proud. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. A lot of hard work, a lot of determination. It is really kind of true. Really skill, so that's it, all
3: it is. It is very true. Um, <laughs> so what we've been doing, I've, I've mentioned it a couple times on the pod already, and now we're on day two, so who knows what I've already said last night. Uh, John got me a bottle of wine deep with our 45-minute conversation, so curious to hear what that sounds just like, because I sure wasn't in attendance. Um, but <laughs> I'm curious what your uh, topic you're bringing to the table tonight is.
2: Okay, so you know me. I enjoy my booze. I enjoy drinking with buddies, by myself, watching a game, playing Xbox. Ten AM, six AM. <laughs> you, you never know. I had a six ten mimosa Thanksgiving morning on the flight down to San Jose. That Got is a couple unreal. Bucks more.
3: Actually, okay, that's that's reasonable though because you're flying. Did you fly on Thanksgiving? Yeah, we flew Thanksgiving morning. Yeah, so that's reasonable. It's a celebratory occasion, and you, no one wants to be flying that day, I'd, I would think it's safe to say, so you got to make it somewhat enjoyable.
2: Well, and it's complimentary, too. It's not like I can oh, do a coffee okay, or a water. yeah, you've like, to yeah take that me up. the mimosa. Yeah,
3: there's no way you turn that down.
2: <laughs> okay, so in the same vein, my non-football topic is best holiday cocktails. Oh, now, do you have a top, top three that you always go to? Not necessarily at the bar, but ones you always wish you could have over the holidays.
3: Yeah, I, I love that question. And I'm going to let you obviously lead off this. Is what we've been doing is the person that brings a question gets to share first. So go for Perfect. it. I, I have a couple, though.
2: Okay. Uh, one of them necessarily isn't or isn't necessarily a holiday cocktail, but coming in at number three is the espresso martini. It's
3: oh, you son
2: of a bitch vodka it's technically a dessert drink but no one's drinking that for dessert (laughs) espresso martinis fuck you up yeah they really do with that but it's always so damn good it's great it's a little pick-me-up too if you're trying to have like one or two before going out or at the end of the night if you want to stay a couple more hours love it it's always fantastic and it's a little bit fancier too so i agree it's classy
3: it's a classy cocktail
2: So, so, tangent real quick. Two weeks ago, we Lauren and I went to Vegas, (laughs) or three weeks ago, went to Vegas for a friend's uh, wedding. Friday night before the wedding, we got an espresso martini. They didn't add cream or like any coffee liqueur. It was just a shot of espresso with a shot of vodka, and it was the grossest thing I've ever had in my life. Not a martini.
3: That's just that's so cheap. I feel like you got screwed.
2: Well, we asked him, like, hey, it's supposed to be, like, light brown. He goes, oh, you wanted it dirty? I was like, I wanted an espresso. No, I just wanted the normal. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't (laughs) didn't want a vodka chaser.
3: (laughs) What every single other person does.
2: Well, and then he comes over and goes, okay, cool. Then pours in, like, a half a shot of Kahlua, which is also a terrible mix of just espresso and vodka. So that was depressing.
3: That feels a lot like what you'd have, like, college days around Christmas before everyone goes home. You're like, ah, we've got... Some Fleischmann, some Kalua, and and a little bit of a uh, espresso or coffee. Yeah, just all exactly. In. <laughs> yeah, um, and then
2: coming in number two, you know, you got go to go a little bit of whiskey. It's a hot toddy. God Only damn it! Okay, bowl. I should have gone first. I'm on so fire right now. Yeah, right. <laughs>
3: th- these are really good. These like I think you're two for two stealing what I was going to say. I'm finding others though.
2: Yeah, I haven't had this too many times, but every time I've had it, it's been a cinnamony treat that has been fantastic. It's great for a cold day. It warms you up. The hands are always warm. It's fantastic. You can't have too many, though, because it is a little bit of an aggressive drink, I feel
3: like. Yeah, I think that's the one that, like, the weird uncle has, like, four of before or right after dinner and, like, starts getting, like, who's driving home type territory. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I do, the hot toddy, I'm with you so far in that I think a lot of my when I think of like a holiday cocktail, they're usually wintertime, right? Because summertime, you're kind of drinking those kind of cocktails all year long. But I'm definitely following the same suit.
2: Yeah, I did get into an espresso martini two summers ago, and that was kind of the last time I got during the summer Yeah, like I would have.
3: That's a weird move.
2: like, I'd have one at dinner, sorry, one before dinner, one at dinner. And the person I'd have, I'd have three and then proceed to aggressively vomit.
3: <laughs> that's the other thing, too, is they're like pretty rich. And like you said, they're definitely yeah. strong. So that's not like fun vomit to have coming back out.
2: <laughs> no, it's just all curdled. It's disgusting. Oh, God,
3: the word curdled. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number three?
2: Okay. No, this is number one. I
3: was going three, two. Oh, one. oh shit. Okay. This is yeah. top of the rankings. So I'm in a
2: little bit of an eggnog sweat. So I go a little boozy eggnog.
3: Okay. That's a good one. I mean, you've hit three of the classics and I can't, I can't be more envious that that's your list. The eggnog is definitely seasonal. I don't like eggnog in my coffee or anything, but if you're doing boozy oh, eggnog, oh, you like it in the coffee.
2: Oh yeah. It's so good in the coffee little eggnog latte.
3: Oh, I disagree so hard. I just feel like coffee is i mean, I'm I'm a man, so I drink it black, but for you specifically, I'm not surprised to hear your creamer ass oh, say you love only, eggnog.
2: Only for the second cup of the day. The first cup you always gotta go creamerless, you know, keep the metabolism going. Then you bring in the eggnog at like
3: one or two. It's perfect. Get a little calorie kick in there, some sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah but I do have to say, Lauren has made me turn to almond milk eggnog, which is good, but not nearly as
3: good. But no. But it's still very good with booze. Can we talk about the milk thing? Like, I'm, I'm fully on board with all milk alternatives, but nothing's better than regular milk. I mean, that's a fact.
2: Not at all. Yeah, you're not putting, like, almond milk in a like, protein smoothie and it tastes good. It tastes like ass. Yeah. But normal milk, it's fantastic.
3: I agree. I agree completely. I think for my uh, top three, starting at number... Uh, Three, I'm trying to think. I think I'd go like a spiked lemonade. Ooh, Ooh. for and I'm thinking for Fourth of July type area. You know, maybe maybe even a spiked iced tea, something around there. Spiked Arnold, Arnold Palmer. That's where I'm gonna go. That Ooh, have you
2: had the Arnold Palmer in a can with the booze?
3: No. Wait, it like is. a twisted tea? I've had that.
2: Essentially twisted tea, but it's like an actual Arnold Palmer, like with the lemonade and tea.
3: No, I need to, that's something I need to try. That's going to be my summer drink right there. Maybe even, maybe even as a, as a honorable mention slash tied with number three, a sangria. A summer sangria. Wow. I
2: mean, yeah. Getting fancy. Okay. I think well, you deserve to be at a day club in L.A. with a pretty little <laughs> hat on too.
3: <laughs> well, and that's the thing is, I say that I don't know if I've ever ordered a sangria. I'm just saying, like <laughs> when I've had them, they taste pretty good from whoever makes them at home. It's just yeah, crushed fruit yeah. and alcohol and wine or whatever. So um, yeah, it's perfect. I think two. I gotta go. Hot chocolate. A boozy hot chocolate. Ooh, it's kind of a play yeah. off an Irish coffee or. They might even be the uh, same drink, basically, but yeah. that's that's where I'm going, number two, because it puts you right to bed. It's like the hot toddy, really, You're except mm-hmm. the thing about the hot chocolate is because of the chocolate itself, I think it's rare that you have like two or three, so it's really a yeah. great Christmas night cocktail when you're ready for bed, but everyone's still kind of winding down. That one tucks you it, in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a good way to keep the buzz going, but not taking it too high or too low. To yeah, just kind of keep the party going.
3: We're like Lakers coming to uh, Lauren and being like, what's wrong with Uncle Coop? And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the fifth hot toddy. Sorry. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he thankfully calls me Pika right now, which is really random. Pika so, Coop?
3: Nope, just Pika. Just a play. Uncle Pika. <laughs> I don't, where'd that stem from? Just random choice?
2: No fucking idea. Up until two months ago, I was Cooper. I don't know what happened. So Uncle Pico would be messed up on
3: some hot toddies. (laughs) I love that. So random. Um, Number one, gotta go Christmas punch. And this is recent to my uh, arsenal. It's like a, it's basically cranberry and vodka, uh, but you throw in like oranges, pomegranates, pomegranate seeds. And it's definitely Mm -hmm. a Christmas thing because I think you put like, I don't know. It's some sort of fucking green leafy thing on the top as a garnish. And it it's very in the mood of the holidays. But much like the other Christmas cocktails, it, it can fuck you up pretty quick. And I'm a fruit boy, a juice boy. So it's right up my mm-hmm. alley there. Because I'd go that over like ju- a thick. Certified juice boy? Yeah, I'm a certified juice boy. I'd go that over mm-hmm. like a thick, especially like a stout or something, a Guinness. A hundred
2: percent, yeah.
3: Yeah. The espresso martini, though, I got to give you huge props for that one, because I've definitely been dabbling in it a little more. Pretty fucking good. And it does keep you awake. I mean, those are those are um, that's a pick I'm most envious of. Oh,
2: let me make one for you, too, then, because I, apparently I make them strong, but I think they're fantastic. Yeah,
3: Coop, if the lube knows anything, it's that you make every single drink you've ever <laughs> poured very strong, but we appreciate you for it. We appreciate it. It runs pour. in the family.
2: I don't know what to say.
3: <laughs> Speaking of strong drinks, I am curious, you know, last week in an unfortunate turn of events, um, kind of, I mean, it's happened, I guess, 10 times now, Tyler lost another game uh, and has secured himself in line for the beer mile and i'm curious to get your opinion on or projections i should say on tyler's beer mile performance because you've always been one to encourage the beer mile when it is your turn because i think it's inevitable everyone eventually because this league will be going until we're long far and gone um i i am curious your thoughts as someone who i think i've i've put this claim out there multiple times i think you will not only set the overall record but you'll also set the no puke record all in one run because i think you <laughs> i think your frame and athleticism without light on your feet you unfortunately are and don't take that as too big of a compliment because i still own you in the paint but oh yeah fucking right the, um, the baby hook all day the and how quick you can consume alcohol is <laughs> incredible and i think you'd be a prime candidate that being said Tyler kind of in line with you and kind of in those characteristics, he can definitely put one down pretty quick and he's always been a natural athlete more so than maybe any of us in the Luke. So curious on your projections there and where maybe initially when you understood it was going to be Tyler for sure, your bet betting soul kind of came in on his time.
2: Yeah, so this is I think the first year. And, well, Tyler's been in the beer bottle discussion for I feel like since we had it come out. Yeah, Tyler's had a, first...
3: a tough couple yeah, years. It looks like
2: he's not. He has not been very good, unfortunately. But <laughs> hey, that's no fault to his own. That's uh, yeah. Well, no, it's very
3: up, much his own fault. I mean, he's the one yeah, that definitely. owns the team.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. I'm just happy I didn't tell Tyler at the beginning of the season. If he has to run the mile, I'll do it with him. This is the first time I haven't said that in a while, so I'm happy about that. But I think Ty will train his ass off. He know he, he knows he has to do it, and then I have a feeling he's he's too prideful to go out there untrained. So I have a good feeling that Tyler gets sub-11 minutes, but just projectile bombets <laughs> everywhere. It's going to be fantastic but such a good celebration
3: <laughs> that is so good i would love for that to happen see i kind of come in on the other side where i think he could be between the 11 and 12 but will be a guy that does it without ever vomiting in general because he's just seems like too proud to show any weakness in that regard whereas i'm the opposite i'll be weak <laughs> as fuck but as long as the time comes in and everyone celebrates me you know anything for attention um, <laughs> I could see. I could definitely see Tyler at the end of the race being the biggest projectile to finish. I, I could definitely see that. Hands above the head, just shooting. Yeah, got the shakes for an hour. <laughs> uh, I I do agree, though. I think uh, Ty's Ty's going to put a good effort on this thing. He he was on the pot earlier, so I want to give you uh, some. or background context that he was saying his plan, he's been on the Peloton like a madman. So we've got the the cardio training started, and he said about a week before when he schedules it to run, that's when he's going to go for the run. I personally said I'd do it a little sooner. I did it like a full month before. before. But the thing is, Tyler doesn't have to worry. Unlike John and I, like I mentioned off the top, he's more in your realm where... He can save a lot of time from the drinking, and that's underrated because I mentioned this when we were talking to John, but it took me a good... The last two beers themselves were like 35 and 50 seconds, so that's almost two minutes of just... Oh, whoa. Yeah, I can't drink fast, but luckily can can run and barf at the same time.
2: Yeah, I guess that's a very good point. I, I haven't seen Tyler run probably since... Sixth or seventh grade basketball, so I can't speak to his running ability, but he's he, definitely and you got to give professional him credit. at drinking.
3: He's he's in uh maybe it's safe to say wasn't in peak physical condition around like sixth grade to eighth grade, <laughs> but was? now has that's grown young. into an absolute <laughs> stud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No one, no one was, um, except you, Scott. Allred. you still dominate us to this day, but definitely <laughs> peak then. Um, I think Ty. Ty bodies this thing honestly.
2: Yeah, I think since we upped it to twelve minutes from ten or whatever, I think it's, very it's always been twelve. For
3: a to be fair, yeah,
2: okay, fair enough. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be really difficult not to get under twelve unless you like hurt yourself, haven't run in years. So yeah, I think Ty can actually crush this and set a pretty good time for himself too. It, Maybe not give you a run for the money, but definitely surprise a lot of people out there, especially the families and kids on the track.
3: And I feel like this is probably a good question for you specifically, um, just because I think your opinions valued very greatly throughout the league, especially when it comes to the beer mile. But how do you feel about the, in my opinion, you have to hold the people who have chucked up, you know, up chucked a little bit Mm -hmm. and the people Mm -hmm. that haven't so far, John and I being on both sides, they're almost two different records, right? Although we're not giving a penalty for the upchuck, it's also a far different ballgame if you're trying to keep it all down.
2: Well, if you want to get technical, think of like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest on the 4th of July. If someone threw up right after, they're probably getting docked a lot of
3: hot dogs. Or at least looked at differently.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a little bit... It's like when Paul won the championship. You definitely get... Okay, easy, easy.
3: It's a lot different than that. (laughs) It's a lot different than that. I was still going through everything. He didn't even draft his team. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i i mean it's i don't dare you it's definitely a different, <laughs> different tier if you don't throw up but i don't think it's too too big of a difference i mean you're still running with a belly full of beer now
3: i will throw, say during the
2: run it's different story
3: i've been complete i agree i agree with that completely i have been very clear and i think the video backs it up it was only two up chucks and it was all foam and they were early <laughs> and, and and i think it's still uh I don't think there's a way to avoid the pain of it all, but I will say it's a lot greater pain when John had to hold it all in. And I think we were talking about it. Don't you think if you're going to try not to spew whatsoever, you probably have to soft jog or walk a certain part for your stomach.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just can't, I mean, even walking, I'm, it's, I feel like no matter what, you're going to get a side ache, and then oh, what yeah. I would assume would feel like a heart attack going
3: on. Yeah. So well, kinda, of what, what honestly happens is your body kind of goes numb, especially the last lap, because you are oh. starting to get drunk. So it's like a weird <laughs> thing where you're like trying to just put your feet in front of each other. Not like you're going to fall down or anything, but... You don't think so much about the cardio. You're just thinking, oh, my God, my body is about to, like you're shaking as you're running. It's it's really painful. I'm not going to lie to anyone. And and I think John would back that up.
2: Well, I have a question then. So, yes, you're going to have a little bit of a buzz going on. Would it be worth having a couple before not beers, just some sort of a drink? to kind of lube yourself right. up. So it's not a I thought of shock. That.
3: I thought of that as well, and my answer is absolutely not, um, because although it's, like, numbing and all that, you don't perform better. That's the thing. Is like, you're still performing worse if you were to – you just think you're performing better because everything's gone hazy. So I think <laughs> I think it's still a bold move to, like, have something right before. Um, okay. Okay. That's my okay. that's my thought, but no one's tested the theory. So I'm excited to to see if maybe Ty implements that or you next year oh when you definitely God, bomb to the bottom. Um, you mean, know, I'm it's, it's going to be see. hard to
2: go back to back and then go to the bottom. I'll be honest; it's I'm kind of like the Patriots right now. It's really incredible it's to watch. It's really fucking
3: annoying, is what it is. <laughs> um, and if you uh, thank you, Jack. If you weren't in a shit division, you'd have to worry out uh, this last week like the rest of us.
2: I don't know about
3: that. I mean, it's a fact. You'd have to be scared. Let me see. I mean You're eight and five with you, me. Losing you'd have to be a point guy. Granted you have the second most points in the league by a sturdy margin, but
2: I was gonna
0: say let me
3: shit on yeah, you.
2: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, hey, you play who you play in it's my division. Sorry. I'm just out here grinding.
3: And on the topic of the playoffs, <laughs> I, I'm going to bypass that because of your terrible study out here grinding comment. Um, <laughs> that was god-awful. It, what's not been god-awful is your and Randall season, obviously locking down the two um, playoff spots already guaranteed going into the last week here. However, there are six teams in the running still for the final two spots, that being myself, Jack, and Paul. With by far the highest percentages, myself at 94 based on ESPN, Jack at 53, and Paul at 52. But you still have John at 1%. And technically, (laughs) Kyle has zero and David has 0%, but they could throw up 300 points and somehow get in. Um, They're praying for a miracle here. But out of those six teams, who do you see joining you and Randall in the playoffs?
2: (laughs) I just pictured John as Lloyd Christmas with a one percent. Yeah. <laughs> so you're
3: saying, so you're there's, saying a there's a chance? That's exactly where he's at. Basically, he needs to outscore. He needs me, John, or me, Paul, and Jack all to lose, and to outscore Jack, who's the leader by sixty five ish points.
2: It's not unheard of. No, know, Jack, I mean I if he has a week like it. Jack
3: had last week, and Jack has a week like John had last I, week, that basically in. happens. Or like you had. Yeah. Thanks for that, by the yeah. way appreciate the way
2: yeah, i'm looking out for you um but i mean i gotta say it's i texted paul like a month ago when he and i were two and four we both had one like three or four threads. like hey, it'd be kind of funny to see both you and i who were bottom of the division make it unfortunately i don't think that's going to happen for paul i definitely have you and jack going against randall and i but more specifically i have you and randall actually in the championship so i mean over yourself well, my team's too inconsistent. Taylor's carried it. Lamar doesn't play like an MVP more than once every couple weeks, so I could easily see that. Devonte Adams is number one target for Rodgers, but it's still nothing, nothing too productive. But you have... I'll go through the notes real quick. You have Tyreek and Harris, or Najee Harris, who each can get you 20, 25 points. With the Steelers right. playing better, the Chiefs playing better, kind of unstoppable. The hardest part for your lineup is which receivers are going to like play well and guessing
3: that, which sucks. It torments actually, me that... every week, dude. I can't, and I'm t- I'm wrong so consistently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, as you're texting the First fucking part. group, by the way, thank you for that. As those <laughs> yeah. point out, I am wrong so fucking often.
2: But you know what pickup I did love for you, obj. No, if we had a keeper league and these playoffs went into the 22 23 season, I think the Derrick Henry pickup was really,
3: really good. Hey, hey, <laughs> fuck you because there's rumors he'll be back week 16 and 17, and I hope it's your ass in the championship that has to watch him get 35 carries in the final week. Oh my God, if he actually plays. That's and what I'm saying. And that roster spot was Hunter Renfro. So to me, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm going to wait this out. Hunter and if Renfro's he's in, been balling. No, I agree. I agree. He was good. But I don't think with my wide receiver situation as it is, I don't know how he works in regularly. I mean, he won me a game based on one spot start. So fair. I, he is balling. You're right. But what if Derrick Henry comes back week 16? And then, then I have I him think, for 16-17? Well, then I think
2: it's honestly, it's definitely... I think you would have the best chance of winning it at all. Cause uh, for Jack's team, it's obviously Fournette and then Fournette's emergence. And then Kittle and Jefferson playing consistent. My only worry is if um, Stafford, his quarterback keeps sucking ass and gets like 10 points, right. that's a huge blemish. And then once Debo's back, well, Kittle's usage, usage goes down and Jimmy G obviously sucks too. And then, Justin Jefferson has Cousins as his quarterback, which means he'll probably have one, like, a 110-yard game coming soon as quarterback, which will be super tough. So I feel like Jack will make it in the playoffs. Unfortunately, unlike Jack said, he's the hottest team right now. I just don't believe that. too
3: early a little bit?
2: A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then for Randall, this is where I think it'd be interesting for you two. Obviously, his Devo Cup, Eckler, Kelsey, four guys that anyone would die to have on their team. If Jalen Hurts stops playing quarterback for the Eagles, which I think it's pretty close to happening, because Minshew looked great, Hurts their doesn't look like an actual better.
3: quarterback. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, and I feel like if Hurts doesn't end up being quarterback, and then Devo Cup, Eckler, or Kelsey have a bad week, that could kind of spell doom for for Randall and then Najee Harris and Tyree Kill putting up 25 to 40 would be huge for you and I think that'd be an easy win so I think it's if Derrick Henry comes back I actually think you win the championship if not I think it's Randall but I think you two go against each other
3: wow that is that is so kind of you I know you're just trying to build good fantasy karma and no one's gonna believe what you said there but it is kind of you the way you went through that and definitely shows the uh reason why you are a champion last year the ownership prowess is just through the charts these days which is unfortunate for the rest of us
2: well i'm not even trying to say to say it i have again i had a 70 week or 70 point week last week and then i had 160 like four weeks ago it really just depends what team shows up yeah more more likely than that if i get the 80 90 point team so i'm not super confident it feels good going to the playoffs so I,
3: I agree. I agree with what you're. Uh, I mean, I think Jonathan Taylor's streak, and I mean, he continued it last week, has been amazing. But with some it's of orgasmic the orgasmic
2: at this point, when
3: Devontae is back in the lineup, and if DeAndre Swift can be, I haven't looked at his injury status, but if he could be back, I mean, you're still still pretty consistently high scoring team. The flex position might be a little scary. Um. Oh, yeah. Not really? I mean, you have Devontae Smith or Miles Gaskin if everyone's healthy.
2: I mean, Yeah. If. Swift can get back healthy and Thielen can be healthy again. I mean, both are out this week. If they are able to be good for the playoffs, I feel pretty good. But also I'm projected to put up 88 points this week and a half PPR. So might as well just go stick my thumb up my ass this week. (laughs) That's
3: pretty fair. That's pretty fair. All right, I think we should uh, go ahead and wrap there. That was fantastic. Like I mentioned, I think that was a, a brief glimpse into why Coop won the championship last year. A lot of great analysis that um, maybe we didn't expect from you the first couple years, uh, <laughs> but it's definitely there out now. There playing with my heart. You're keeping you're keeping good care of the Yarby, right? I know it's I know yeah, it's been beat up a little bit from shipping, but you know that's part of the fun too. Some dents here and there, off kilter, as long as everyone can yeah. drink out of it when it arrives.
2: Oh, of course. I'm looking forward to pouring another white client in January, sending it to everyone, just letting everyone know. That would uh, suck so bad if you win again.
3: Especially, I can actually
2: just Sharpie in my name. That's, at that point that would
3: kill me. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to seeing if your predictions come true. Shout out to Coop for joining us. I think up next we might have... Yeah, who knows? It's a, it's a surprise at this point. <laughs> it's still ongoing, flexible. Coop, shout out to you. Enjoy your time in L.A., and we will see you uh, next week when you're back in town. Appreciate it, Con. See you, boys. Peace. And joining us now, a special treat. Uh, I mean, a Luke legend. There's no doubt about that. Our only multiple-time champion, and, and when we're bringing that up, you have to bring up three-time champion. That being said, been some questions about his strategy late. It's only Jack, the one and only, excuse me, Jack McDonnell. Jack, how you doing? I mean, it has to be pretty good with how good your team's been as of late. It's been okay. I'm on a heater. If oh, I was out of black, a
6: heater. I was of out of black,
3: legendary proportion. I
6: think there would be four random people screaming behind me at this point. But the problem is, everything is riding on this next week against John. Um, if I win, I go to the playoffs. Essentially, if I lose and Paul wins, he goes to the playoffs. If we both lose, then there's a scenario in which I have the most points and can still go to the playoffs, but I don't want to leave that up for chance. So right. We'll
3: and that's that's good you bring it up because I'm stressed as fuck, uh, just to put it blatantly, with it being win and I'm in, I feel good, obviously have the best chance, 94% on ESPN, so there's no way I can pretend like I'm sandbagging this time. But yeah. and, and playing David, who's been struggling lately, so I, I fully admit that. But... Uh, Man, if I lose, I feel like I've. It's basically you and Paul, unless one of you has a terrible week. So, I think so, us three are very stressed right now. The
6: scenario is if I win, Paul wins. You lose. You do. You would have right. to essentially outscore Paul yeah. by more than four points and still make it in
3: because you, you guys are within
6: four points. Well, I'm. I you're have forty above. 30, I have a thirty-point buffer.
3: Yeah, but you are also down thirty last week. So I just want to say, anything can happen in fantasy football. No,
6: I I totally agree. But it is nice to have that thirty point buffer.
3: Absolutely. I I think me and you are more in the win and we're in slots, and Paul is in the um, hoping yeah. for not not a miracle even, just hoping for the outcomes he needs. You know, I don't think it's a miracle, and we'll talk to Paul next. So I'm excited to get his comments as well. Um, yeah, it's been Jack, crazy. Jack, Jack as we'll Randall would this say, episode. it's. Toit like a toiga. It, it, it is a Randy quote right there. Toy like a tyga. Um, I I would guess he stole that from Austin Powers, but maybe he's never seen the movies. Uh, maybe.
6: There's a chance.
3: <laughs> let's lead it off with your topic that's non-football related, or it can be football related, but non-Lug related. So what's your what's your topic off the top?
6: All right. I was hoping to get some advice here. Is, Ooh, it, good, it. is it a good thing to hook up with your ex-girlfriend? Just... <laughs>
3: Just kidding. I was so like I just went red throughout my whole face. I was <laughs> like, "Oh my god, is this actually what we're talking about?" No. Okay, that no. was classic. That's all time. No, it was
6: it was kind of funny. John gave me a call earlier today, um, talking fantasy football, and somehow within like twenty seconds of our call, he called me at one o'clock in a work day. It's Wednesday. It's just
3: kind uh, of the blue. I would like to I would like to extend on that real quick because John was right before you. We went yes. about forty five minutes, thirty minutes over what I was expecting, and then we ended the podcast and John and I talked till one o'clock in the morning last night. I we No just, you did not Yes, we did. It was a three hour FaceTime where we were just talking blazers, talking fantasy, talking future, and you know what? It was fucking great. So I I, awesome. I envy you that you, uh, you and John connected this morning because it, it was a great time for me last night, Well <laughs> I wish I had more, he said.
6: I wish I had more time, but we were laughing at each other because within, no exaggeration, 20 seconds of our conversation, we were like deep in the weeds of ex-girlfriends, like what's
3: going on? Yeah. <laughs> Who's seeing who? Yeah.
6: Is it, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? But that's besides the point. I just thought it was kind of a funny call out.
3: Shout out to John, just because he's <laughs> making the effort to to connect with everyone. Yeah, I always support that. Um,
6: my topic for you is I've recently entered into the world ownership. And what comes with that is this, and I wasn't expecting it. It's this weird like, competition with my neighbors, especially around the holidays. Oh,
3: I love and, this. And, make,
6: and making sure your house, landscaping, et cetera, looks up to the standard of the street, yep. Because each street is different, and be being new to the street and going through the holidays for the first time, I didn't exactly know what to expect. For Halloween, there's a neighbor as you're standing on my stoop, and I look. Uh, I'm going to say northwest. He goes all out every single holiday. He gets a huge inflatable um, decorations that sit in the front yard. I don't know if you like them or not like them. I was going to say, I think we have
3: an opinion there as well, but keep going. I'm not
6: a fan. A little tacky.
3: I agree. I think inflatables are, maybe you can find one that's good, but I really think inflatables and those who tend to use inflatables go overboard every time, basically. Um, Yeah. So so, I'm anti-inflatable. Keep going. not
6: Not only did he have inflatables for, well, here's the thing. I'm kind of in like this unspoken battle between my neighbor and decorations right now but here's the thing so halloween rolls around he has two inflatable one of them is ginormous probably the size of a one-story house and it's uh you know those uh kind of like a used car parking lot that yep weird monster that wavable,
3: wavable inflatable two men
6: yeah it's like one of those but uh jack uh not jack reacher but who is the and he kind of looks like a skeleton
0: jack frost He's a famous
6: uh, no, it's going to kill Lantern? me anyway. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Fuck it. he had one of those for Halloween. It, he definitely crushed me in Halloween because I was not prepared for that. And then Thanksgiving rolls around. My sister buys me pumpkins for the front soup. I feel great about that. Right. I like where we're headed. But the problem is he has blowups for, uh, he's a ginormous Turkey, probably like 18 feet tall, giant inflatable Turkey plus, Thanksgiving decorations and so here I am sitting there looking like a jackass I'm 0-2 to this guy if there were playoffs for street decorations I'd be out
3: but okay here's here's my immediate question is a 13 foot inflatable turkey good or is it so try hard it's bad you know I mean little, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if you need to go 14 foot turkey next year like I feel like the pumpkins the gourds let's call them gourds because it's post Halloween and I yeah. think gourds are more Thanksgiving. But uh, I think the gourds on the front step, you know, they at least compete. That being said, I mean, he he took it to you. I, I got to give him the win this year. But I don't know if well, you need to match the inflatables.
6: It was in bad taste. But here's the thing. I had an opportunity for Christmas to blow him out of the water. So he gave me two punches. I took them like a man. Here's my time to shine.
3: Well, and here's a prize fight, right? I mean, Christmas is what it's all about.
6: Yeah, it's the it's the grand finale. So I go to my dad's place, I get all of his extra lights. Um, I go to my mom's place, get all of her extra
3: Christmas decorations. Um and, and Tanya's a decorator, the last- by the way, for all those who don't know. Like those are some yeah. you should have Jack, if you weren't at Jack's Halloween, uh the McDonkster mash. Mash. It, it was amazing in terms of... And I think a lot of those came from Tanya. So there's some oh, serious yeah. sourcing going on here. Uh,
6: she's really good at that stuff. So I've been slaving over the past two weekends to make sure my Christmas decorations are on point. And here's the kicker, the icing on the cake Connor. So the lights that I put up, I have a stoop um, cover and then obviously a roof. Right. So I have two layers that I have to put lights on. I spent maybe... In total, no exaggeration, probably six hours putting these suckers up, making Holy sure they shit. are per- perfectly straight. Cause I had to go back, a few strands were out, trying to find the extension cords, all this stuff. It, it, it took a while, honestly. It took, I mean, first year days. in the
3: house, you got to find the system.
6: Yeah, I know. Exactly. And the best part is this fucking loser, northwest to me, he doesn't even put him on his roof. He hangs him on his front stoop, hanging down
3: like a loser. Oh, so, what a loser. Oh, so you've dominated Christmas. At then. the
6: end of the day, I know I was 0-2. I lost Halloween. I lost Thanksgiving. But in my opinion, I won Christmas. And for all the fantasy football owners out there, if you get a house. I hope you take it seriously. You have to be the best house on the street. Absolutely.
3: I, I think that's a huge part of being in a neighborhood as well, is, is showing that yeah. you are uh, you're not tacky like maybe your neighbor but you're tasteful and and you're in good taste and you have to put the effort in
6: right you can't just say i'm gonna try and get this done before dinner sunday night like i procrastinated all weekend no you have to like bear down block out some time say no to maybe a brunch maybe don't drink as hard on friday night
3: because it's about to go down decorations so you're telling me you didn't have a hot toddy up there on the ladder (laughs) <laughs> I I know you too I know. well. I think there was some uh, beverage in your hand as you were hanging those lights. There's Something there's a reason to that took day. six hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had for you. No, I do agree though with you. I think it's a great topic because Tyler and I talked about um, off the top the right time to decorate, but it wasn't. Oh. It you know none of us have the, kind of the neighborhood vibe you do. Maybe Cooper uh, is experiencing that now. And I don't know everyone's living situation off the top of my head, but you're definitely in a direct neighborhood where you have houses every angle across the street and next to you. And And I was
6: getting my teeth kicked in by this Yahoo, probably five something hates his life.
3: Have you by chance seen Christmas with the cranks or no deck, the Halls. Sorry, excuse me, deck, the halls.
6: Nope. Never seen
3: it. Okay. Well, give it a watch. And I think you'll identify with, uh, not Danny DeVito, the other person, but you'll you'll identify with that one because it's all about that neighborhood rivalry. And the thing is, it's fucking real because you don't have to even be like the most decorated house in the neighborhood to be the best, right? It has to be a clean out uh, layout as well yep. as a tasteful extra piece, you know? So I'm curious if you're planning on an extra piece, like a wreath I mean, I on did the doorway the tre- or... Yeah,
6: I did wreath on the doorway. We have a beautiful tree. But but stuff. see the
3: neighbors won't see the tree because I'm I'm all no it's in the window. Oh, really? Yeah, you better believe it. How tasteful! Okay, I'll that's send a, a picture big to the group text. Oh well, let's even better. Let's post it on the uh, message board or the the homepage of the. I, I think I'm gonna reach out to everyone for a little pic of their Christmas decorations, no matter how big or small. So we'll so post it on the league homepage.
6: The hardest part about that was I went white lights for the roof. And then I was at the hardware store trying to figure out if I should go colored lights around the tree to stick in the window or white. Like, do I want uniformity? Everything to look the same? Do do I want the tree to pop with some color? I spent, I was sitting there for 10 minutes. I probably looked like I'd fallen asleep standing up. I mean, that sounds like me at
3: Home Depot every time, mostly because I don't (laughs) know what I'm doing. But at the same time.
6: I could not make a decision. I ended up going color.
3: Yeah, I I think that's a great call. I I think you nailed it. You don't want to be like... I think you have to be uniform, obviously, on the house. That's, that's yeah, a given. on top. Um, yeah. But I think it's nice to throw some color in there, you know? Yeah. Get people I excited. Did. And
6: it worked. Like, it looks really good. Yeah. It draws your eye when you're on the street driving by. Um, I did two strands. I did one at first, and it wasn't enough, so I had to drive all the way back. Do you, but it was worth it.
3: Do you feel like there's a chance that when your neighbor sees your setup, and and as we get into kind of these close weeks here, he tries to snipe you close to Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a it's a true concern, right? I mean, maybe on your Harding style, uh, yeah, exactly. On the twelfth or thirteenth, he out. throws up a huge lot of lights, and then you have to respond. <laughs> or are you feeling pretty comfy that he's not a Christmas guy? He makes up for it in the other holidays. I think
6: I that's a good question. It's my first time going through the holiday season here.
3: I know. I just but hope he you, feels you emasculated. You like he's blessed then.
6: I, That's what matters.
3: Is there a chance also, I, I just want to ask you man to man, is there a chance mm. here that maybe he's trying to compensate on the less important holidays because he knows he can't compete with the schlong that is Jack wiener mm. um, come, <laughs> come Christmas? I think so. You know what's funny about this guy? Kate doesn't
6: Bless listen, right? I don't think so, believe <laughs> it or not. Bless his heart. When I was moving in, I had a huge fridge. Trying to get up the, I only have like four steps up to the front door, and I could do myself. This guy comes running out of absolutely nowhere, the woodwork, to help, and without his help, I'd still be frigidless.
3: No I'd be way. Frigid. Frig, frigid. Frigidless. <laughs> That's a better way to say it. um So
6: I'm sure he's a great guy, but I hope he feels that um that uh, I kicked his butt in Halloween de- or in Christmas decorating.
3: Yeah, and, and I think—I I really do believe that Christmas is the time where you make or break. So, yes, I'm impressed by his other inflatables, but I think, you know, he's gone flaccid on us when we expect his rock-hard boner.
6: Yeah, he didn't ride to the occasion.
3: And I think that gives you the tip of the hat in the neighborhood. How does it feel to be the alpha of the neighborhood? It feels fucking great. No one saw it coming, Connor. Everybody no one, one did when you bought system. the house, but the house is—I mean, the house has improved tenfold. The spirit in the house has improved uh, infinity fold. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have to—I—I I have to ask: Do you feel like after the—you know—a bulk of your projects have been done, and um, you've met the neighbors, you've done all that? Do you feel you feel like kind of you're running that neighborhood at this point?
6: I will say it feels, it just feels really nice to have a place that I really enjoy to go home to. After it's work, phenomenal. To the work you guys have done
3: home. is just, it, and if for those who haven't Over seen it, it's an all-time casa. I mean, I'm not just saying that because one of our Lug owners bought it, but anyone who visits, you're going to feel at home. You're going to feel warm. You're going to feel comfortable. You're going to feel welcome. It is, the work put into that place is just incredible.
6: I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been, a, been good vibes ever since the projects are finished and it just feels nice not to have a project over the weekend finally yeah after a a full summer of
3: them i feel like you deserve at least a little break a time to enjoy it um you know who's not enjoying the current times though that would be tyler baggenstoss and i've brought this up with everyone uh he's pretty much guaranteed himself the beer mile it would be shocking otherwise (laughs) actually no he's absolutely guaranteed it at this point yeah Yeah, he's running the beer mile, and I talked to Tyler off the top, so we got his take first and foremost, but I am curious, Jack, I know you haven't run it yet, Uh, you've been dangling in the territory a couple times, though, so (laughs) not this year, not this year, you've been great this year, I'm I'm not trying to talk shit, I'm just saying, you've been close to it, so you do have some familiarity with maybe training a couple times, or at least worrying about it, how do you think Tyler's going to fare?
6: I think he's going to fare well. Tyler, that's been a
3: resounding resounding answer throughout
6: the Luke. People
3: are, people are confident are
6: I think he's the second best drinker in the yep, Luke. That's behind I'd, Cooper, I'd right? Put, I'd put Coop first, yep. Ty second. I'm with you there.
3: Completely with you.
6: So, I mean, that's half the battle. Is
3: And I've brought is, this up um, in every interview, but I think uh, John and I both really struggled to get the beers down and – thrived in the running and i think we might see an opposite tactic this year
6: can i bring can i make a
3: prediction yes I, I i encourage i actually implore you to make a prediction
6: i think ty is actually going to like seek out a consultation group in that he is going to reach out to his sister tana and his mom jackie who are way into crossfit fitness working out um and he's going to ask for kind of like a workout plan tailored for the beer mile.
3: Wow. I, you think he's going in depth with this thing, going data I analysis? I, I I think he's going to ask for
6: advice. He's going to get good advice. because, uh, Well, close, naturally, close Tana, warm.
3: shout out Tana, because if anyone yeah. doesn't know, she is now the head trainer for multiple sports at the university of Utah. So fuck so yeah, so Taylor, Tyler, way to go.
6: Tyler, you reach out to, um tana she's gonna give you kind of a running workout plan you don't even need to get like too in depth with it you just need to be able to run i'd say what a nine minute mile yeah the beer drink is gonna come easy for you i'll just reach out get a get a running plan don't go for a good time just go for 11 minutes 59 seconds practice once or twice and you'll be
3: good I, my bold prediction has been uh, in line with what you just said, where I think Tyler's going to set not only a, a great record for the non puking group of the beer mile, yeah. but I think he could even non puke and be close to the puking I, record.
6: I will say really quick, there's no substitute for running. And I know Tyler's a big biker and rower. for uh, cardio. He's that, a big Peloton yeah, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing substitutes running,
3: no matter how badly you want it to. I'm like swimming. So happy you said that because I just have to run. I gave him the same advice off the top of the pod here, and everyone's gonna already, you know, be like Connor, shut the fuck up because you've said this. But he, his strategy is to peloton every morning, which he's he's a beast at. I know. I'm with you. And I said he said he's gonna run a week before the race, and I said that is (laughs) by that is about three weeks too short. You got to run a month before
6: you don't even need to run all that much. If you ran a mile or two miles a day or even like three miles. And that's his plan
3: for the week before, to be fair. That's not, not but we could be about two, three weeks away. Cause he also wants to do it when everyone's here. So I'm with you, Jack. I, I think that's a very interesting call by Ty to, to bypass the running as much as possible. Yep. Because I went, there's a reason. My strategy was to go hard on the running, bad on the drinking, and I feel like it worked out pretty well. I mean, the puke is obviously a point I wish I could have changed, but and I don't think Ty will puke. I think Ty's going to be a beast. I think he'll either. I think he'll beat the non-drinking or non-puking record, no matter what. Um, but I'd advise. I, I think he could set both records if he just gives it three weeks of running instead of one.
6: Uh, there's a reason he wants the Peloton. It's because it's easier. Yeah, exactly.
3: Run. And that's what, that's you taught me that during workouts. It's like, if you're deciding between two lifts and one is obviously easier to do and you want to do it, you should do the other because there's a reason it's the one you're not picking. It's because it's better for you and harder. So I, I agree with you. That's always been a McDonald's stamped workout strategy.
6: I, I have faith in Ty, though.
3: I do too. I am not we're not saying he's not beating 12. We're just we're just talking about maximizing potential, right? Yeah. And so speaking of faith, I do want to go to you in terms of the playoff battle. Obviously, Miu and Paul oh. are locked into a huge battle and I've mentioned it every other time, so I'm going to mention it again. John, David, and Kyle are technically eligible. They'd have to beat us all by like 150 points and have us three all lose. Um so yeah. I'm curious about who you think the two teams are that make it. And although I've been telling everyone you have to fucking pick me, uh, I won't be offended if you pick yourself and Paul since you're in the heat of it.
6: That is a great question. So I think if I had to make an honest prediction gun to my head, it would probably be yourself and Paul. And I know that sounds crazy because I'm not
3: thinking myself. Is that a fantasy karma move? It feels like a fantasy karma move with I how much you shit no. you've been talking the, the last three weeks. Oh, Jack, uh, I, I, you understand where I'm coming from, though, because the last three weeks yeah, you've said, I'm the highest scorer. I hope no one checks the scores, but I've been the best team in the league, all this. And granted, though, you are playing the toughest opponent out of the three.
6: My team has been grossly underrated all season long. I think the first six or seven power rankings had me listed ninth of tenth and I kept telling you guys, no no no, no. just wait, just wait.
3: Can I especially can I make one days, point? Tyler. You what? two weeks ago, you said my season's over, my team is dead. That is true. Okay. I need that to be on the podcast waves. I need that to be on the waves so that uh we aren't thinking you thought you were this good the whole time because you even gave up for a point there. Well, You didn't stop managing. I, I shouldn't say gave up. That's not that's not fair to you because you manage your team like a boss, as you always do. But you weren't hopeful for a while there.
6: I wasn't hopeful when I traded Jonathan Taylor away right before he was about to explode. And Calvin Ridley decides just to pack it up for the season. My second pick
3: overall. Dude, do you not value mental health? What's, let's dive I, into that. Why no do you not one. believe mental health is a part of uh, health in general? Dude.
6: So that's when I was in the dumps about my team, which should be pretty understandable. It is very understandable
3: as much as I'm trying to give you. Here's the thing, Connor.
6: I love my team. I love what I put together. I was dying to play a full roster even once this season. And I was never able to, meaning playing Ridley, playing Allen, um, and then playing Harris and Fournette together. I've never once in Jefferson, never once played my whole team together. And I know a lot of owners out there have it. And so I'm sure you're like, crying a fucking river. Here's the thing about my week coming up. Ridley's out. My starting, my best wide receiver out. Harris, my number two running back on by Keenan Allen,
3: my second best receiver is he the for Jeffrey. sure out? He is out. Yeah. I that, see a that big that old is, O. That is really tough on you, man. With COVID. That is really tough.
6: Against the Giants, where he could have just gone
3: off at That's home. That's really bad luck. I can't McKissick. even... McKissick. McKissick, who I out? in
6: my flex, is out for a concussion.
3: Man. I, I Go got to give you some props here. That That is... I mean, those are guys that have won you basically a couple weeks here in the last... Five six weeks, and the, that's that's huge. Okay, tell me because tell
6: me. of that. Because of that, I need to start Williams in my second spot. Uh, the running back for the Chiefs, who is sharing carries with Clyde. I have two gaping holes right now. I have nobody to start in wide receiver, and nobody starting flex. Usually, I would have started Bourne for New England, he's on by.
3: Oh, Jesus. So, what
6: I think, what I think I'm gonna do is start Marquez callaway at wide receiver the guy this is amazing yeah the guy that i said is going to win the fantasy football league he's going to take the loop by storm this year whoever gets him in the draft is going to win the league and connor you've been riding my ass for that prediction yes all i have long this week is when it's con- going to come back and bite you in the big old booty
3: i can't <laughs> see you
6: i can't marcus callaway is going to have a big old week and he's going to get me to the playoffs i can't so defend myself in advance
3: i i can't defend myself whatsoever because i've been riding, like you just mentioned i've been riding your ass for that comment paul drafted him and jack said on draft day marcus callaway oh my god that's Jameis winston's number one how did we not do that that's gonna win paul the league and then obviously he's been shit all year um but if there was ever a time if there was ever a time who would come back and bite me, it's this week. And I am so excited because, Jack, I know you're facing <laughs> off against John, but this is one-on-one with me and you. If he wins you the week, I have to swallow my words completely. If he loses you the week, I am going to absolutely shit on your face. <laughs> That's just a fact. And I'm sorry for I the know. grotesque term. But uh, it it's so, so poetic that it comes down to him to be the deciding, you know, Points for well, the playoff so or my playoff. And if I end up out and it's because of him, I will admit to you right now, I'll eat my fucking words because I have been undoubtedly writing your shit for weeks. Him and Higby, if somehow you pick up Higby and he wins you the week, those two, hey. he's on but Or no, he's not on bye, actually. No, uh, he's not. Do you mind if
6: I throw in a little extra sprinkle of information? For I would you? love to. He's playing the Jets.
3: Callaway or Higby Callaway. Oh, Callaway's God. The Jets. I'm going to have to eat my fucking words and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt guy, so bad.
6: If you beat me with
3: Callaway up. into the playoffs, I am going to cry. I'll, I'll probably shed one tear.
6: Well, that's the, my player for um, my wide receiver too. I still have to pick up somebody for my flex. And what I'm leaning towards right now is Rashard Penny splitting carries in Seattle going up against Houston on Sunday. So two awful defenses where I wow. think I could heat up some points.
3: <laughs> you're, we'll you're, see. you're scrapping. You know what? I will say, based on what you've just told me, if you do make the playoffs, I got to give you a lot of credit for scrapping together. A lot of, a, a lot of tough situations. You know, you've gone through as many injuries or, you know, a bad trade. You got to own that one, obviously. I did. Um, I did. own But it up, even Keenan Allen has not been bad. As you've pointed out, it's not like you've lost that trade as bad as everyone thinks. Um,
5: You've lost it.
3: You've lost it because Jonathan Taylor's number two in the whole league. But at the same time, I really think people are underrating the amount that has really been lost. I think you've probably lost going over it like 20 points over five, six weeks. You know, like Keenan Allen's been pretty fucking good, too.
6: Yeah, he has been good. He's the 11th best receiver in the league and he scored in double digits. Well, and especially lately. Six or seven games.
3: Right, exactly. And if you can get a wide receiver one that's consistently double digits, that's at least enough to be in the playoff contention as you are. Um, Do you feel nervous at all with Alvin Kamara being back for John and John? You know, you've seen his text in the group. He is wanting to play spoiler, maybe more than anyone in the world or in the league. He's
6: he's got a better team than I do. There's no doubt about it. Um, Do you really believe that? Right now, starting, yes. Josh Allen, though, is going up against Tampa. But, I mean, here's the thing. He's got a better team. There's way more talent on the side of the football. I guess the football. Um, Hey, we talk like we're the GMs i know he's got camara he's got judy he's got lamb going up against washington camara against the jets um i don't like that he's starting two buffalo guys against tampa bay's defense
3: yeah because it's make or break either your defense holds or his two guys probably dominate yeah and uh, i like my wait Kansas is there. he starting singletary or he's starting knocks oh end. Knox. okay And Knox did have a bad game last week, which always makes me nervous because I think guys like Knox where he's been such a big part of their offense bounce back pretty, pretty well, but Tampa Bay's defense is awesome. I mean, you have a great defense. Yeah. Oh wait, I feel, I totally fucked up Knox. Oh no, sorry. I was looking at Jacobs. Knox did have a bad week.
6: So anyways, he's got more talent right now. I've, I'm praying to the fantasy gods that Jefferson brings in like thirty-five points. Fournette has another three touchdown game. Stafford lights up the Cardinals. I just need all things to go my way. I mean, by the way, Kittle's reemergence has been huge for me. He's been lights out. So need a huge game for him. All of the above.
3: I I couldn't agree more. I, I think this is gonna be an epic matchup. I think your and John's matchup is probably the one to watch throughout the week along with David Nye's because with David and I, I think obviously I have the advantage. I can't pretend I can't say I'm bagged this time um like I'd like to. I have the advantage, but it's all about me winning or losing. Because if I lose, two spots open up pretty quick. I think it's basically for me if I win, I'm it well, I'm obviously in guaranteed in. If I lose with the points how they are. I'd need Paul to lose and score less than me by five. So I think you and Paul are actually in as good of a spot as you can be from behind. Obviously, you'd rather be in my spot. My spot's the best spot to be because you control your own fate. But I think it goes you you have the most you're you're in the second best best spot for sure. You have the most points by 40. No, it's about who I'm playing, though. I'm playing John. And yeah, my team you is do injured. have to win. You and you and Paul have to win to even be considered.
6: So, Paul, in my opinion, Paul and you are in the driver's seat. It's going to take a hell of a week for me. And I'm not saying that for the fantasy guys. I'm giving you a real take there.
3: No, I agree. And I just broke it I think, down for you. Actually, I think Cooper gave the exact same take as someone who's removed from the situation. And and I agree. I mean, I, I feel great about my spot because if I win, I'm in. I mean, that's simple as that. Um. <laughs> I do think last week was huge for you scoring as many points as you did. If you scored even a normal amount of points, 115, you'd be in a pretty dire strait right now. But um, you're definitely, we're we're all three in this thing. There's no doubt about that.
6: Yep, I agree.
3: Any uh, final thoughts here before we log off, Jacko?
6: Nope. Um, I just need the fantasy gods to stand on my side, so I'm going to, stay quiet here okay until we fair close out. however it's gonna be a different story if i make the playoffs and we have another pod next week yeah That's for sure. i
3: fucking know it is and if i don't make the playoffs <laughs> and have to host this bullshit i'm gonna be so sad i'll do it for <laughs> the luke i'll do it um commish i'll i'll buck up but i'm gonna be so fucking mad uh, Randall's, by the way, Randall's team
6: is incredibly beatable
3: without hurt. Yes, or Jack, Diva. thank you for saying that. Actually, I do want to talk about this for two minutes. Randall admitted this as well, so got to give yeah. him credit there. He sees his weakness, uh, but the playoffs could be the Wild West this year, and I truly believe that. I think that any four teams that get in could win with a couple that's hot weeks because there's no one that's – there's no one that is far and away above Everyone else now that Randall's gone through a little bit of adversity and it looks like adversity that'll last through the playoffs.
6: Dude, if I can get in, I love my chances, but it's all about getting in and I'd have the league shaking in their boots going for a fourth. Do you, no one wants to see that. It's
3: fair to say that, uh, you and I are in the same spot a little, I I think yours would be a scrappier team because I do have some big names on my squad, obviously, um, But I think you and I are in the same spot where Paul's probably the scariest out of the three uh, teams that will likely get in um, yeah. because he's got he's got a lot of guys that have been really good this year and he's had some unlucky matchups. But I think you and I are the team that maybe uh, no one else wants to play in the playoffs round one. I, I, I truly believe that, that.
6: you. You have tough manager decisions. I know
3: enhanced. I've, I've done a good job building my the team groin, with great players, it, but the thing is it. I have to decide each week who's going to bust and who's going to burst. I don't know what when the you, other word is. Boom, when Are you going to start Odell? Jack, there's a good chance. He never makes my starting roster. Really? But the thing is, I know people hate that about me because I do that a lot. The thing is my, my thought process that I will quick quickly say is, If I have him, no one else can. So at a point, it becomes defense. I, I would love to do him over Montgomery. I just love the fact that running backs, you know, they get carries and catches. And Odell is very touchdown reliant. They've been looking for him a lot. I think if he has another 10 plus target week, he'll be in my lineup next week. I would guess. All right i know you hate it i know i get it I, and there's a reason i make wrong no, decisions all the time i just am too analytical I, I i love targets and i love workload even if on bad teams and that's kind of my downfall what i really I want, hate it i would love to be have Jalen waddle in my flex this week but he's on bye because he's emerged cool. as a great receiver great i just i just thought he plays the jets though first week of the playoffs i anyways i like that if i get in I've
6: always been against Odell, but man, with him and Stafford. He looks good. And now that he, he looks knows good. the
3: playbook. I'm happy he's on my bench. Story. The the one that kills me, If and I know we're spending too much time on this, but the fact that Chase Edmonds come back and I can't play James Conner as a lead back for Arizona, that that is a stressful situation. Because <laughs> there's a yep. chance James Conner scores two touchdowns close to the goal line, as he has all year, but yeah. it's so fucking risky. And so I have to play like Daryl Henderson, but Sony Michelle had 120 yards last week. So who knows if they're going to split time now? Mm. I don't know, Jack. I don't know. I'm I'm, my heart is not well. Sorry, I'm tired. Okay, let's end this here. Then You made a ton of great points. Uh, It's been a great pod. I think we have Paul coming up next, so it's going to be an electric factory. But uh, I'm sure I'll have some things to say. Tell Paul hi and wish him uh, my worst, please. Okay, will do. I will uh, pass that message along. Thanks for uh, calling in, Jacko. Appreciate you.
6: You're welcome. Thank you as well.
3: All right. Peace out. Bye-bye. Alrighty, and joining us now, it is, and it's an honor to say this, but the true mouth of the South once again, Randall, fuck off, you're moving to Chicago. Uh, It's Paul Sheffield living in Tigard these days next to Deer Creek Elementary. Owning his own house along with Jack McDonald and Cooper Sprunk, just making and Tyler sauce making just big money moves. Paul, how you doing? I know it's a stressful week with the playoffs coming up and you being right in the mix, as well as uh Baby Chef on the way, and we're all so excited to meet him. Give us a little give us a little insight to how your life's been the last month or two.
5: Um, well, I am officially getting ready for my dad bod i uh got a couple foam rollers and like a little workout ball thing that has like little rivets on it holy shit i feel like i have bad i feel like i have bad hips now because i've turned 27 and i'm having a kid so
3: (laughs) i think once uh, you have a kid your hips just deteriorate on their own accord
5: fully and it's it's honestly more impressive that brent Sanger was able to last as long as he did because i'm 27 (laughs) thinking like i don't know if i can do like a pickup sport anymore
3: right how do you pull a hamstring every year at the turkey bowl and now it's like that's why i pull one walking to you know the bakery the the mailbox
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly
3: uh that's fantastic to hear and i know it's been a tumultuous season for you. You feel like you should have been on top the, basically the whole time, and we're going to get into that, I promise, because I want the Luke to hear your thoughts on the playoff picture and me, you, and Jack, definitely in the kind of the heated mix as well as a couple others. But before we get there, something I've noticed on your Instagram, and it's been a trend throughout the pandemic, so I, I can't pretend it's a new fad for you, is – your ability to make bread is phenomenal. I mean, the one you posted with the Lego on top of it, I think today, maybe yesterday. I forget if I mentioned it. Yeah, Black them.
5: Widow. Yeah. Black Widow, little little Lego Scarlet Joe. Incredible
3: sourdough out of you. I Thank mean, you. so yeah, I... where'd the passion come from? And what are your maybe one, two, three key tips to making a great bread loaf if if we're interested in doing so? Cause Tessa and I have tried and it was good. It wasn't amazing. But yours looked like, I mean, we're talking bakery quality. And if you all haven't seen Paul's sourdough, check his story. Or I'm sure you have pics, Paul, in the photo roll. I know you yeah. do. Yeah. I, I'll, Text I'll, Paul I'll for send, a pic. I'll send if, them
5: once the... Yeah. Beautiful. I'll, I'll send in the group message here pretty Beautiful. Soon. That's but, what uh, I'd like to hear. A couple, couple tips, honestly. So you're saying that uh, we're pregnant, or I, I should say Hannah's pregnant with our firstborn child, but... Truly, in order to bake bread, you have to have a sourdough starter, which is about as um, complicated as raising a child. Um, so <laughs> I'm sure she so loves hearing day, that. Every day, twice a day, most people name their name their sourdough starters, which I think is a little over the top. Mine's just a healthy starter, but every day, twice a day, first thing in the morning and right before I go to bed, I feed. There's a little. It's a culture of uh, just water and flour. That you feed with more water and flour every morning and every evening. So you take out most of it, dump it out, or use it to bake something else, and then feed it with flour and water. You do that every day, twice a day, and it doubles in size over the course of the day. And that's your natural leavening. So that's that's what raises the bread. And so keeping that and making that grow, it's pretty easy once you get the hang of it. But that's where most people get frustrated with sourdough bread because right. they they can't keep their starter. And so I'm sure there's a you lot of
3: nail your very first loaf.
5: No, no, I, I have pictures of my first loaf compared to now. And it's, it's been, people obviously see only the good pictures cause that's all I'm willing to show, but right. like, it's, it's very much trial and error. Um, and it takes a lot of time to get your bread right. And I, I make probably two to three loaves a week. Um, and so I've just gotten to the point now where it's like, I'm pretty consistent. I know, but it's an exact science. Like I also love to cook and cooking. It's like, you can throw a little bit more of this seasoning, a little less of this, right. uh, garlic, things like that. And it's like kind of whatever. But bread, it's like I'm using 300 grams flour, doing 78 percent ratio of water. So Um, so it's like very
3: exact on the data.
5: Yep, yep. So if you're doing 300 grams flour, you're doing 234 grams water. If you're doing a 78 hydration loaf bread, and then in the winter you want a little bit more sourdough starter. So between 50 to 60 grams of sourdough starter. In the summers when it's warmer and your house is a little bit warmer, you can get away with like 30 to 40 because it'll naturally oven bread faster. So there's all these complicated factors to it. And you guys wonder why I'm such a good fantasy owner. It's because I'm just always looking at the numbers to make sure they're right. And it correlates to bread as well.
3: Yeah. A good fantasy owner asterisks. I, I think most would agree. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about, you know, the similarities you mentioned it there. It's, it's impressive the way you've dedicated to the bread game because Again, everyone needs to check out Paul's latest loaf. I mean, we're talking bakery quality here. Are you going into having a child with the same mindset? You know, trial and error, trial and error.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where um, I've built up what I would consider perfection with this loaf. So I'd be shocked if my kid was anything less than perfect, much like myself, honestly. Right, so it, uh, right. Yeah.
3: Falling in his father's footsteps. <laughs>
5: Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I I guess I've worked out the kinks and the trial and error and now it's basically just perfection. So that's what I'm expecting about three months from now.
3: Fair enough. And, and one more question about your, uh, future child here. Uh, your son is, (laughs) are you going to pay someone to teach him basketball? And, and by that I'm asking, will you please? Cause I know baseball and football, you got it locked down and maybe Hannah's just a baller. So you don't have to, but, um, otherwise I suggest someone else teach him the game of basketball.
5: It's interesting that you say that. Cause, um, last time I played basketball, well, the very last time I played basketball, I won the rec basketball championship averaging at least 17 rebounds, half of which were for my own missed shots, um, but
3: <laughs> those are facts, but those are facts. But I
5: also, I also made the classic league with a broken arm. So you can't <laughs> deny that. Well, I, we least, only, it's funny.
3: We only had 12 Go kids ahead. try out in, in uh, fifth grade. And I mean, granted you did beat out the other two with your broken arm, but rumor <laughs> has it they were more interested in wood chop than they were basketball.
5: Yeah, that's very fair. It is funny, though, because when people ask uh, if I like want to play basketball or if I play basketball or if I'm any good at basketball, my answer is always the same. And I say similarly, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good at football. I'm, I'm good at baseball. And it's like, I know my place on the basketball court and that it's right around fact. the hoop. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I have the um, I have the EQ to know where I belong on the court and whose hand the ball belongs to. So. Um, I, will I would say, also say I'm an, I'm an, underrated passer as well. So especially I agree under the hoop with when I have an open shot,
3: I agree so. with that. <laughs> those are facts. I will say, and this is, you know, in front of the whole league, which we have quite a few good basketball players. I will take you on my team anytime. Cause you rebound the shit out of the ball. You make the lay-ins that you're supposed to, or most of them, and you're yeah, willing to of. pass out of bad situations and daddy yeah. likes to shoot. So I'll take you on yeah. my team it, anytime.
5: No, it's like the opposite of Derek, who just every time he's at the three-point <laughs> line, and he's like, oh, no one's around me. I should shoot the ball. And it's like, no, Derek, that's not why they're not around well, you. Well, if
3: you haven't heard the last 60 times we've played with him, he's changed his jump shot, and it's more effective now. Um,
5: oh, interesting.
3: <laughs> yeah. And speaking interesting. of interesting, one thing we need to talk about, and I know you haven't been there yourself yet, and and I know you don't expect yourself to be there either, but Tyler Baggins saw this last weekend with another – resounding beat down has secured himself the beer mile. And I know you'll be there in attendance as will Myself, a lot of, a lot of people in the Lug. I need your prediction on how Tyler's going to fare or, or the strategies you think he's going to take kind of some of your initial ideas with Tyler running that beer mile.
5: You know, honestly, I, uh, I mean, this in the best way possible. I had really low hopes for you, Connor, And you dominated what I had predicted. Hey,
3: Paul, Um, you know you don't have to feel bad because, uh, yeah, we watched the video. Apparently, half the fucking league thought I wasn't going to finish in 12. And I will say, I I understand, and I have to put this caveat now because John's made it such a thing. Yes, two pukes, all foam, you know. I still ran that bitch like a motherfucker, so... Yeah, uh,
5: and I would I, w- I would put Tyler as let's say two thirds the runner you are. I know you were prepping a lot, but I know Tyler has been for a while too. Uh, Tyler is two thirds the runner that you are, um, and I would put him at probably one and a half the double the time uh, the drinker that you are. So that's where I think he'll five so, times. Yeah, yeah, and and all he has to do is just put it down twice as fast, um, and he and we'll will. Be fine. Oh, so, he will. Yeah, exactly. So I actually have high hopes for Tyler. Um, I don't know if he'll beat your time, but I have a feeling John basically did it in his sleep um, and was That's able true. to beat the, beat the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler did it under nine minutes.
3: I So, you know, you've actually matched a lot of the Luke because you're our fifth or sixth uh, podcast guest at this point. And I have to say, I agree completely. My constant prediction has been Tyler is definitely going to set the no puke record in the loop because i think there's two different categories at this point mm-hmm. um, yep. because it is far different to john's credit yeah. you know i mean you it have is. to give it you is. have to give props where they're due and not yep. throwing up is much harder than i thought if you're going to try to sprint and i think tyler yeah. has the right combo of drinking mass and you know like i had that same mass where john's dealing with a smaller frame but at the same mm-hmm. time, the best runner, and he, like you said, he could have he could have probably shaved off as many minutes as he wanted, but it would have hurt him real bad. Um, and mm-hmm. I believe to John's credit, first time I've said it on the pod, I do think two years ago we said you couldn't throw up, but then mm-hmm. last year when other people were in the mix as well as myself, I think uh, that got more lenient. So I got to give him credit there as well. But I think Tyler could set the record not only for non throwing up lap. But he could, with his drinking, and if he just is feeling tenacious that day, he could set the overall record as well. I think no. he's going to be tough uh, to I, beat.
5: Yeah, no, I agree. I was, uh, I was just going to say. So with uh, John not puking and Tyler not puking and beating his time, does that officially make you the biggest, biggest pussy that's run the beer mile?
3: I wouldn't say that because I, I'm so confident that I will trounce. I mean. John's the best runner in our group, and I beat him by three minutes ten seconds. And I know he's okay, going to yeah. hate hearing that. And and I'm so confident Tyler won't beat my time. Um, so yes, I hear where you're coming from, but mm-hmm. I, I until someone can beat me, even with the puking, uh, y'all can suck my effing dick.
5: Okay, no, that's that's totally fair, and if that's how you want to go about it, yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, it is, you,
3: and you know what? Paul? Completely understand. You know what, Paul? Yeah. Your time's fucking coming brother. I, uh, I mean so. you're the I, 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 gonna catch up and your time's coming and I can't wait. That's going to be think, an all-time uh,
5: beer mile. I think we've established now at this point um I know a lot of times I was kind of the laughing stock of the league. I think we've now established myself as the um the obvious mediocre team in the league. So, um
3: Okay, I'll, now I'll you're trying ra- to garner I'll,
5: karma. I'll I'll sit right around uh anywhere from 4 to 7. It's pretty much where um I'm destined at this point in the league.
3: You know what? I'm okay with that because it's not a threat to all of us. There at the top of the league,
5: I would I would argue that there are three, maybe four owners that have the wherewithal to win a championship in this league.
3: Really? You? Yeah. And I'll tell you, believe that.
5: uh, Yeah, I do, and I can tell you for certain. A person that I know does not have the wherewithal is the person that has ninety dollars still in his fab.
3: Yeah. David's, uh, took in some lumps over this podcast. It's yeah. safe to say, yeah. I, I, yeah. I've said it continually. I think there's a chance after a couple tough weeks, David might've checked out of the waiver wire contest.
5: No, I think that probably is true. And you know, he probably has other things on his brain this season and that's totally fine. I, if we need to get him, if we need to get him a co-owner also fine. <laughs> wow.
3: Um, a suggestion of a co-owner. I mean, that's a, you just went dirty on David there.
5: Yeah, I mean, honestly, he. So you're calling this out if,
3: as if you don't improve, it's a co-owner situation. Well, a Joey situation, he, as you well know.
5: Well, maybe we just have him team up as Derek, you well it's know. Two, it, it's it's obvious, Paul, well know. T- it's obvious that him and Derek are the lowest two in the. It's <laughs> obvious that him and Derek are the lowest two in the league, and so maybe they just team up. Um,
3: and I mean, then they both
5: uh, Tyler. Yeah, but you know Tyler has his seasons. I know. Um, I,
3: I'm not. I I shouldn't hate on Ty. I know he gave yeah. effort every single fucking week. So shout yeah. out to you. Ty. And you know,
5: and truth be told, Derek did as well. I just, it, I Derek I don't kind of, do, do I think
3: I've said this all year? He had he had the weirdest season out of a lot of the last couple. Like some weeks he was by far one of the best scores in the league, and then the other weeks yep. he was like as bad as it gets. It was one of the most yeah. roller coaster up and downs that we've seen. And I think it's only fitting that he's in no contention for the beer mile, but also in no contention for the playoffs.
5: Yeah, no, I agree. I I completely agree with you. I I, do. I think Derek has the ability to win a championship ever at this point with what we've seen from him. No, no, I do not. Wow. Um,
3: Wow. Those are bold. Those are bold claims. I mean, that man was in the playoffs last year.
5: I, I, did he win a championship? Kyle's in the playoffs every year. doesn't mean oh, he can win a God, championship. I double the shots.
3: I love yeah, to I, hear I mean, it, but, I, man, I, you're I guess, throwing arrows tonight.
5: I guess at this point, I would say the people that can win a championship are Randall. Obviously, myself. I should have put myself first. Obviously, myself. Um, can you? Myself. Yeah, I can. Easy. I, I've already won a championship. Well, so no, you
3: haven't. Joey has but
5: well it's, it's it'd be nice to see debate, you
3: do one
5: yeah so okay so i would say i can win a championship randall can win the championship um with jack having the best shot right now to get into the playoffs i have to put jack in there also as a three-time champion it's just unbelievable the luck the fantasy luck that this guy gets but um you got to give luck some credit at, at some point so i think jack can win a championship too so that, that puts me jack randall and then um I would say Cooper would be the fourth. So oh, I would say be, You can fuck
3: the, yourself, dude. I am those, such those a better are four, owner than you. you are trash. Those are the
5: four. Those you're are the four scum, that I think,
3: can win a champion. You are absolute scum. That's
5: I can't funny. wait to are better owner. You
3: I am I'm a far you're better You're a
5: better commissioner. No, I'm a far a better, better commissioner owner than
3: I am. I'm a far better okay. owner. If you remove your season with Joey, which where Joey won you a championship, which you made basically like zero acquisitions. I Mm. consistently finish far above you as do maybe six or seven teams in the league. You're pretty trash.
5: Okay. I mean, you can, uh, no, I mean, it's historical
3: facts. It's not something I need need to say all those things. It's not something I need to say. It's historical facts.
5: It's funny when you know you're wrong about something. For example, the beer mile thing that we talked about a second ago, you get very defensive. Is this your, is this your coping mechanism?
3: No, I'm defensive about pretty much anything. Um, so Um that you're wrong about.
5: Interesting. Okay, let's go on to the next topic. No, even
3: things I'm right about. Paul, see, the thing mm-hmm. is, you're trash, and although your voice is loud, as is mine, uh people know you're trash, so it's not like a worrisome situation.
5: Are you, are you a little How's worried? How's the
3: 5-6 game going to be for you? Is that going to be a big matchup for you?
5: It's funny, so I'm glad you brought up this topic, because are you a little worried that you might not make the playoffs?
3: No. I control my own okay. destiny and I have a team that's gonna
5: win. Okay. Okay, that's fair. It's more I, than uh, you can say. It is more than I can say. Well, yeah, it is more than I can say. You're
3: right. Yeah. Suck my cock. Um <laughs> on top of
5: that. Are you all are you always this defensive in all the the things, or are you just this defensive against your superior friend Paul?
3: Uh well. To be fair, I invited you on the podcast, so I think that justifies one part of the comment. And then two, yes, I'm defensive like this on pretty much anything. Anytime I feel like someone's not making me the best person out of the whole group, yeah, I'm pretty defensive. You can ask basically the other eight Luke members. <laughs> That's something we know about me at this point. Um, but let's let's move along from me. And uh, so you're predicting... myself obviously as you just made clear but myself and jack and you're going to miss the playoffs is what i heard from you
5: no do you actually want my predictions yes of, uh, i do
3: I, I would like your honest honest take on the situation because even jack gave us an honest take
5: okay no i um thank you for taking yourself off the pedestal that you've been on for the last five minutes and letting <laughs> oh, me do an yeah honest it's take. me okay so i think you stayed the Well, I guess you're the three-seed technically, huh? Because Cooper's going to be the two-seed. So um, I think you'll stay the three-seed. Who do you play this week again? David. Yeah, so easy dub. Um, So you'll play David, get the W. I I do think Jack and I both win. um, But with the point total that he had this past week, I think Jack's team is too hot um, to not make the playoffs. So I think Jack will finish 4 and I think I'll finish five. I think it's only a 20 point differential right now between me and Jack. Right. Um, so basically I need him to lose and me or to you win need me in order to, to get there. Yeah. Or I need you to lose. That is correct. Because uh, of, then I'd have
3: you're to up. Win. Yeah. Me and you could be interesting though. Cause if I did yeah, it for you by four or five, it'd have to be five. Cause you're up four and a half. Yeah. I think. Correct. So it's going to so, be, uh, it's going to be an absolute fucking duel. If you and Jack could yeah, be, but, just uh, lose, that'd be fucking awesome.
5: Yeah, I think you'll win though. Um, so I'm putting it's you as the because three David
3: Set his fucking lineup, and so I can't see what yeah. the actual projection is going to be.
5: Yeah, well, that's because we need him to get a co-owner so he can set his lineup and use the waiver wire. But that's topic for another time. So uh, I put you at three, Jack at four, and because the fantasy, and this is this is an honest take. This isn't me trying to be a hot take. Okay, I think I think credit. Jack. I think Jack is probably the hottest team right now, which I hate. I hate that Jack's good. Um,
3: he yeah, is the hottest team. Him. There's there's no doubt. Yeah.
5: He's the hottest team right now, um, and I hate talking positively about him um, in fantasy and the fact that he didn't use me to buy a house. Um, so that People combination. Yeah, I, I'll never forget that. Um so
3: I mean he basically uh, no offense, Paul, but he basically robbed your child of uh, a, a better childhood.
5: Oh, it's true. I mean it, it when we're, we're buying stuff when we're buying stuff for his baby, it's like I know that Jack didn't contribute to that. So and I'll and I'll never forget. <laughs> and you that.
3: know Cooper did. I mean that's the type of I know
5: Cooper did, I know you will, I know the rest of Lou will. So I'll absolutely I'll remember that um for <laughs> the rest of my life. Um But anyway, it's beside the point. So it's hard to say that I think he'll upset Randall in the first round, but I think that he'll upset Randall in the first round. Wow! Um, Wow! Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think where this is headed is a Cooper Jack championship.
3: And although I want to get angry, I I do appreciate your honest take. So. Do you think there's a chance we see our first, uh, back to back champ with Cooper,
5: which obviously you think there's a
3: chance because he's in the championship, but do you think like a good chance or do you think Jack pulls out? I mean, either way it'd be a huge legacy matchup.
5: I think it'd be a huge legacy matchup. And I want Cooper to win, um, both for vengeance on my end. Um, so it's kind of like who used me versus who used the others, right. you know? And so if, for, for Vengeance, I'd want Cooper to win. Um, And I think at this point, yes, Cooper won last year, but I feel like he had bad luck a lot last year. He had bad luck a lot the year before. His team underperformed for a little bit, and then they just became a powerhouse. Um, And two years ago, it didn't work out in his favor. I think he didn't even make the playoffs, even though his team um was like yeah,
3: him fourth David in points or third.
5: Team. Yeah, yeah, third in points, whatever. Um, So I think it's time where we've kind of grouped Cooper towards the bottom of the group like three years ago. And I think Cooper might be a force to be reckoned with. And I think we're going to be crowning Cooper's Sprunk back-to-back championship. Wow. I love that. I I
3: like the take. I think that's good rationale, even though you should pick me, that's totally fine. Um, You're wrong, but it's totally fine. And I do like the rationale here because Coop has shown the ability to score a crazy amount of points as has Randall. Um, more so than any other teams in the league, I think you're you're close to there in some of your peak performances. But Cooper's a scary. My, team's team. coo-
5: my and my team's just cooled off so much in the past um, like three or four weeks. Yeah, um,
3: you've had a you've had an unfortunate downturn.
5: It has. Jamar Chase just hasn't been the uh, running back that he used to be. Um, right. And Mix Mixon's been pretty consistent minus this past week, but I can't get Zeke going again, and I need and now with AJ Brown gone. It's like now I'm short on receivers, which was the one position that I wasn't short on all season. Right. So it's just like it's not my season. I thought I had a the AJ Brown a thing is a killer, I think. I know. So it's a bummer. I'm um, like Julio it? Jones for the meantime now, but it's just uh yeah, I think it's not my year and it's fine. I'll just stay to my middle of the pack one championship status.
3: Well I don't I don't think it's one championship. But I mean technically your name's on the trophy
5: more times than yours is correct yes
3: thank yeah you. that is that is factual I can't I can't blame yep. you there I mean you at least have a half point um
5: yeah I think a full my full name's on there but
3: well but a half half point of respect I would say maybe even zero respect from the league um, that's fine
5: whenever whenever someone has the trophy you'll see my name on there and they won't see your name on there <laughs> and I guess that's the biggest difference between Just wait yourself the and end me. Of the season Paul I'm, okay, I'm the we'll
3: sleeping giant.
5: Connor, honestly, I know we're trash talking each other a lot tonight. And honestly, I appreciate it. You know, I love trash talking as much as the next guy. But uh,
3: No, more than anyone. For the
5: for <laughs> for the for the sake of the Luke, I would love to see you as a championship, Connor. I but would you're too, not that, you're, not, you're not in that list of four elite owners, myself, Jack, Randall, Cooper, that have the ability to win a championship.
3: It, you're a really great trash talker, but I think we all... Uh, At this point, take it all with a grain of Where Nice. That was good. Thank you. uh, Where we know what you're saying you don't even believe because your confidence (laughs) has diminished so much since the fact that you realized Joey did everything for you. And since then, you've been actually not even decent. You've been a bad owner. So it's interesting. Like, yes, you listen to the most pods. You do all the, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, Tyler listens to a lot of pods, and he's got to run this year. So I expect you to be in that position next year.
5: Okay. I mean, we can all put our predictions on who's going to run next year. Can we Can we do that? Can I predict who I think is going to run next yeah, year? Yeah, go for it. I think, oof, I think it's time. I think it's time for the untradable man himself, Kyle George, to run the beer mile.
3: Wow, you're seeing a, a downturn in strategy, and you know what? Actually, that leads me into the last topic I wanted to talk to you with. I know we're going over time, but this is already getting. But be I'm a everyone's three, favorite owner. Three it, or four hour podcast where it's three or four days worth of listening. So we're just going to keep rolling. Great. With Joe it. Rogan status.
5: Yeah, so, exactly,
3: exactly what Cooper said too, except way yeah. less interesting. Um, but. <laughs> Here's, I don't know. I'm pretty interesting. Here's the thing. I want to know your take. Uh John brought it up earlier, but around, I know you and Kyle had serious talks for the McCaffrey trade and how that shook out, because obviously if you, well, go ahead and give the context of what the deal was and how you're feeling about everything now.
5: Yeah. I think the deal was I had to give up Mahomes. Um, Mahomes, Deontay Johnson, uh, Zeke. Zeke, and then he wanted um, he wanted Mitchell, and I would get in return Christian McCaffrey, um, uh, not Christian Kirk. <laughs> uh, the, who am I thinking? The receiver DeAndre for the Hopkins Cardinals but I, and Kyle. Thank you, Kyler. Deon- Murray. Thank you, and Kyler Murray. Um, and I said I couldn't do that. I was fifty-fifty on it. If Elijah Mitchell was out of the deal. And he was saying that uh, Christian McCaffrey is so much better than every other running back by like a landslide. It's like, well, he's been hurt all season, so I kind of want a little bit of insurance with a backup running back or with like my third running back. And he was just gunning home that Christian McCaffrey is so much better than every other running back, and that there's no risk associated to him, which is funny because two weeks later he is out for the season. And since that trade, I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins have played one game. So right, I'm. I'm feeling good that I did not take that trade, but um, the guy guy still wants to trade kind of like what you would try to do like eight years ago in this league or seven years ago in this league. where it's Like, hey, you want to get you want to give me Zeke? I'll give you. uh, I have this really nice running back on my bench. His name is uh, Chuba (laughs) Hubbard.
3: I can't I can't blame you. I mean, I mean, I can't defend myself. That is definitely why I've built the reputation I have. But
5: yeah, and, it's and, funny because be Kyle's fair, also the called me out on with. that
3: reputation, and now it feels like he's doing the same thing.
5: Yeah, and it also doesn't help. It doesn't. It doesn't help him that I have a lot of mouth in the league, and I'm the one that's saying it. So uh, I want to defend Kyle a little bit. There's like three or four owners like Kyle, but I've I've tried to make a deal. I think with Kyle a couple of years now, and it's just like he wants an arm in the leg for guys that are worth like a hand. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like.
3: I mean, I'm the same guy. I'm, I, I'm one of those three or four, so I've I told John the I, same thing. And, I can't and I am myself. as myself. Well. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and I, I am as well. As I like, do the same thing Kyle
3: I, did, and that's unfortunate. I get emotionally
5: attached to my guys. Like, I've had Sanjay Perrine on my bench the entire time. Yes, it's a handcuff, but it's just like, I don't want to get rid of this guy because if Joe Mixon kind of got hurt, like, he might... so it's things like that where I get so attached to my guys where it's like I can make my roster. Deeper, yeah. things like that. So I understand it, but it's just like, Come
3: on, man. That's fair. I mean, I, I, again, I I said the same thing to John. I'm going to say it to you. I, I'd probably have done the same thing as Kyle. So I'm not the right guy to uh, speak up on your guys' behalf. But at the same time, I think it's time to admit when Kyle and I've both been wrong the last two years me with Michael Thomas and then him with Christian McCaffrey. It's just, yeah. Sometimes you got to, you got to take what seems like a, I, I think we look so much into potential going forward when, 100%. That's unrealistic in the NFL because injuries are such a big factor. I mean, obviously, that at this point, it's, yep. it's obvious that they are uh, a huge thing, especially when it's a lingering thing like a Michael Tom or Michael Thomas ankle or Christian McCaffrey hamstring. The last couple years, um, yep. but I was curious on your take because I know you were probably the best offer he got based on what I know. Um, I don't know the other offers, but that was a pretty fair looking deal if you wanted to consider some of the other things maybe take out elijah mitchell or whatever it is but curious yeah. on your thoughts there
5: other yeah w- i mean i i don't i don't know the exact terms of his other deals i think it was pretty fair i'm glad i didn't take it obviously we can always talk about hindsight but i'm very just like jack with the jonathan taylor thing um but it's one of those things where it's like i'd be right there with tyler and beer mile contention if i took that trade i'd be oh and four i think now since that trade so um, right
3: you know, that's what I'm I was more, I That's it. what I was interested in as well. Is just the fact yeah. that it, even though it's not worked out great in terms of like lock for the playoffs, you're still in playoff contention rather than beer mile. So life isn't 100%. too bad. Even if you yep. whoever of me, you and Jack misses the playoffs, at least we get to show up to the beer mile and not run it because man, exactly, let me tell you it's so terrible. And Tyler yep. knows it. Yep. I 100%. mean, we've talked to it. He he, we've had an honest conversation. It's not fun. He knows yeah. that, but no, he'll I believe dominate.
5: it. Yeah, unfortunately, two to three names you mentioned between you, me, and Jack are on the trophy already. So it's like you know, if we well, didn't make last year; it wasn't our year. you're not so. really
3: on the trophy. Like, yes, your name does show up, but the asterisk says everything it needs to. It's like Barry Bonds mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame voting. It's yeah, he's on there, but we all know he doesn't count. So it's,
5: well, it's, it's very Barry similar. Bonds, I think Barry Bonds is probably the greatest hitter of all time, and that makes is sense. a well-deserving you that. Spot.
3: that makes sense. Yeah, you and it's a well-deserving that, spot as a fellow asterisk boy. That makes sense. You would say that. I'd love to see you do something on your own accord one day, but until then, it was great talking to you, Paul. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Mrs. Chef and future baby chef. We're all obviously excited to meet them. Do you want to give us a name or is it a surprise?
5: Yeah, I can give you guys the name. Do you want the name?
3: Are you uh, for real?
5: Yeah, if you guys want the name, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I, not that many people listen to this. Let's, um, we're gonna,
3: <laughs> well, it's, it's basically like the owners, maybe minus two. So, yeah, like six.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We <laughs> know David's not gonna listen to this. David can't even do it. David's the not wire, so. gonna
3: listen. No way.
5: No. Uh, we're gonna name him after, uh, Hannah's maiden name. So, we're gonna name him Barrett.
3: That is fucking awesome. What a great, yeah. Name. And I'll get it,
5: and I'll get to call him Bear.
3: Yeah. Yep. yeah. And Pretty I know cool. I obviously I know you and I had discussed this prior, but it's I wanted everyone to hear that because that is exactly how the first child of the Luke should be named. I mean, not only a dynamic name, a name of a champion of future success in the world, obviously. That's right. Uh, you look at his parents, you know that much. But at the same time, you call him Bear. That's a that's an NFL. That's name, right. So everyone better be. Yeah. Named kind of making their play on the next next franchise to be named
5: yep look for it look out for him in the nba taken right after his own father right? With
3: a, <laughs> he would be a great three-point shot <laughs> <laughs> all right okay well, this has been fun it it has been a great time <laughs> it's great talking to you we'll talk great to you, again you soon too. i'm sure uh thanks for calling good. in
5: all right peace out yep. Paul. B- bye buddy
3: And our final guest of this week's pod, unfortunately couldn't connect with Derek or David this week, but they will be on pods to come looking at the playoff preview, I'm sure next week or the week after. So excited to talk to those guys, but very excited to talk to the one, the only, the biggest ticket in the league, as well as our draft day guru. It's Kyle George. Kyle, how you doing?
7: Doing so great, Connor. So great. You know, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm last, but it, you know, I understand. It, it, it was a there. scheduling
3: slate. Me. You hear it my was, voice too much. It was a scheduling slate thing, not a, not <laughs> an intentional play. I promise you that much. Um, before we dive into the topic you're bringing to the table, I would like to get your take on the current state of Gonzaga basketball. Obviously. Uh, nothing too concerning here. They lost to two really good teams, being Duke and then Alabama who looks incredible, but is they are you, I, th- I think when we talked before, you might almost be feeling a little bit positive about getting some early season losses to, you know, keep the team's expectations humbled and, and motivated.
7: Yeah, I think it's frustrating because like, as a, given that our conference is obviously weaker when you play these great right. games at the beginning of the year, you want to win just because their, their statement wins and they kind of shut the haters up, but you're right ultimately like i'm really not that upset i mean i would have liked to have won those games but especially the the alabama one the duke game i really wasn't that upset about that
3: was a great game it was a great
7: game i I don't think we played our best in the first half when we hung around against a really good team so that one didn't bug me but the Bama one was just like
3: that was uglier
7: really did not look good in that game yeah so i don't know there's some concerns but at the end of the day i'm not worried like we have a, a A younger team like obviously we have timmy who's experienced but like a lot of our key role players are are pretty young you know true freshmen so it's it's going to be a long season but i I, ultimately i think we're going to be you know a one or a two seed going into march and we'll be we'll be just fine
3: and and you can already see some of that development like with chet being the most obvious one he's he's starting to come into his own a little more be a bigger factor in kind of gonzaga's offense and defense um compared to the small sample size of like the first three or four games. Um, Also got to say, I think it's, it's kind of a good thing because Gonzaga has tried, you know, as anyone is trying every year to do the 32 and L overall one seed going into it. And I'm, you know, I'm a big fan of sandbagging. And so I, I like the idea of going in there with two losses and kind of being more under the radar than years past when this still is one of the more talented Gonzaga teams we've seen in the last decade.
7: Totally. And obviously, you know, it, it'll just be uh, like, I. what was it? The first year we made the national championship, we went to the tournament with one loss. It was right. the very last game of the regular season we lost. And then, yeah, obviously last year we made the national championship going undefeated um, up until that last game. So, yeah, I think um, if anything, it just like gives, it gives them a little bit more fire to play with. Yeah, exactly, You're going to have those haters again this year. We're like, oh, like when they played two good teams, they lost. You've but, got like,
3: a Luke full of them. Yeah, exactly.
7: And you got a nation full of them, too. So at the end of the day, I think it'll be good for the players. It'll give them some adversity. And obviously, they're a super good team. I would argue they're they're better than last year's team in terms of depth. Maybe, maybe not the same type of star power, but um, I think they're going to be just fine. It'll be a great year.
3: Yep. And in college, like you mentioned, um, having those younger guys, it's crazy to see. I guess you see it in the NBA as well. But the development from the beginning of the year to an end of the year can be pretty crazy at the NCAA level a lot of the time. Um, totally, totally. All right. Let's, let's jump into the topic you brought to the table. What, what do you got for us?
7: My, I, I, it's a simple question and kind of one of the ones, uh, one of the topics that it's universal and it's asked very frequently, but I, I want to go for it because I thought of a really good one the other day and it's, it's what would your superpower be, Connor? If
3: you oh, could wow. Okay. It's simple,
7: right? It's simple, but also I want you to think about it. You know, I don't want to say like, here's the thing. Invisibility, like, would you really want to choose that? No, that's just, like, a really creepy superpower to have. I, I personally wouldn't want that. Flying. Like, people always say flying. But, dude, like, in reality, if you're the only person in the world that can fly, like, one, people are going to, like, people are going to hate you eventually. And, like, you're going to be, there's going to be a target on your back all the time. Someone's going to want to be the guy that killed the guy that flies. And, like, it's fucking cold in the air. Like, if you want to fly in the air, you got to have, like, a super warm some sort of suit on. Because if you want to fly long distances, I mean, it's like, what? 10 degrees up like right. 3, feet, like super fucking cold don't think people think that one through very well um but anyway i was curious if you had a creative one that, that you've thought of
3: yeah so that's a, it's a great question obviously and and i do have one question uh before just kind of setting the guidelines here will other people in the world have superpowers as well or is it just my own like secret no
7: it's it's just your superpower okay and whether or not you want like to disclose better. said superpower to the public that's that's your call
3: I like that a lot better because mine, I think, would be teleportation. That's where I go is like not something where I'm physically able to be different than another human. I was kind of split between maybe um, reading people's minds. I think that would be a good one. Uh, Yeah. Well, and I know like pervious Cooper is going to say X-ray vision. Um, but I I think I'd be teleportation because then you could just live like the most baller life. You could be in any place you want, any country you wanted to visit, any area you wanted to live. You can go there for as little as like 15 minutes, or you could stay there for a month and not have to worry about paying for travel and everything. I mean, that just seems easy to fit into a normal person's life and be obviously crazy beneficial. Whereas like superhuman strength flying, some of the ones you already mentioned, they're all baller, I'd take any of them, but at the same time I don't know you'd kind of just become this like celebrity freak show, I guess. I don't, right, I don't yeah. even know. Everyone, like, yeah. The social pressure. Whereas teleportation, like you can kind of do it in private. I, I Yeah, don't... you'd
7: have to find a way to teleport to a specific location where no one would see you, but I feel like that could be figured out. Right. Point. Like you could you'd eventually learn how to do that.
3: What
5: what, That's what would That's
7: a your... good one? So I'm I'm along the same lines as you in that like I would want one that I wouldn't want other people to know about. Right. And it's a simple one. And basically think um Bradley Cooper and Limitless, like a Ooh. super intense like photographic memory that would just make me super fucking smart
2: all yeah, that's the time. A good
7: one. And, like be, be able, a able really to just like one. trade stock and just make a shit ton of money and like not have to worry about anything. And like if I looked at something when I was in first grade, like I immediately remember it. Because then you can like kind of pick and choose when you want to act smart versus when you actually are. That's a good one. That's a really good one. So much. Yeah. So I feel like that would be kind of where I'd go because it could be applicable in my real life, and like people could kind of catch on and be like, "Wow, it seems like you have like a photographic memory." But they would just think you have a really fucking good memory. They wouldn't actually know you have a superpower.
3: That's I, I like that a lot because I think we're both on that same path of like I don't really want to change a ton of my like human characteristics or else you just can't relate to anyone, but being super smart is like the ultimate power because you can kind of beat whatever objective or person that you need to, that stands in your way. But like you said, you can keep it so low key. I like that yeah. a lot.
7: Yeah. Simple, but those are good answers. I like both those. Anyway, I, I want to just keep it simple. Would you, for my
3: topic. speaking of, uh, of superpowers, I was talking about teleportation that I don't think if I, it was the option to have no superpowers or this one, would you fuck with time travel?
7: Yeah, I think I would. Oh, wow, interesting. I don't know how much I I don't think I would go into the future unless it was like well beyond my death. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree because I,
3: it'd be it could be great or it could be super depressing.
7: Right, exactly. And I don't want to do I don't want to know like what I'd do in the future, but I would definitely go back in time. I think that would be cool. And then I'd go like really far into the future and just like see what shit's going to be like.
3: Yeah. I think I'd be more Likely to go into the far future because I, in the past, I'd be so scared of the butterfly effect and just like, oh yeah, yeah, it's a good point. How how that could really impact everything else—not not not exactly like the fate of civilization, but even just my own life because you have to return, uh, you know, to present day at some point. And if everything was just completely different, and you basically don't remember your whole life because everything's been changed, that would be pretty fucking wild. Yeah, that would
7: that would be weird. Yeah, I definitely. That's a good point. I kind of scared. Back to the future too many times at
3: this right. point. I should know better. <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's what I'm talking about. Is the Back to the Future scenario where everything's just kind of you? You basically haven't lived your life yet because it's all different than what you once knew. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. No, that's
7: a good one. I like that. I would definitely choose that or I would, it would be an option for me. I would, I would consider it.
3: Well, and someone who's experiencing kind of a butterfly effect from the draft this year is Tyler Baggenstoss who, who has um, seen a couple poor decisions really spiral into a guaranteed beer mile uh, championship in this 2021 season. And I'm curious, Kyle, we've been asking around the league, I'm um, including Tyler himself about predictions for how Tyler will fare uh, in the coming mile. And, and with that, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a brief overview of where you think you don't have to give us specifically where your bets are going to fall. And, and we hope that you will uh, volunteer to be our line maker again, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah it was brilliant last year even though you never got paid we'll we'll monitor that closely this year um, that was I a funny test much, more simple, much yeah. more
2: simple this year <laughs> just, no it was like, simple enough just line. no
3: one paid you <laughs> it was wow. it was simple enough um yeah what what are your predictions for ty and how he'll fare in the beer mile
7: i think ty is i think he can get it done i think it's gonna be close i don't think it's gonna I think just knowing Tyler, like he's dead, like the beers, I don't think are going to be a big issue. You know, I think he's going oh,
3: to gonna delete beers. No
7: yeah, it's a, yeah. I've seen Tyler pound alcohol and it's a, it's a sight to see when he gets in the mindset of drinking. And so I feel like that's going to play to his advantage. Like, but I just think Ty's going to be smart about it. He's not going to try and like crush the, like obviously do what you did and put up a really good time. He's just going to like know what pace he needs to have. And he's obviously going to drink the beers really fast, which is going to be—he's not going to have to waste like—he's going to save so
3: much time compared to me and John on the four beers. I think like a, a good minute and a half because we were both pretty slow.
7: Yeah, exactly. And if he can—if he can slug each beer in like five to eight seconds, then he's got—you know—that's like ten seconds each lap of walking time that he's yeah. earned himself. So that- he can really take his time. I think he's going to get it done, but I think it's going to be like in the eleven thirty to like. 11 59 range. You know what I mean, like he's yeah. just going to do it like in a perfect time.
3: He's going to pace himself basically. And, and in that prediction, it sounds like, but I don't want to speak for you. Do you think he, uh, do you think we see an up chuck during the run?
7: Yeah, I think he does at least once.
3: I'm, I'm kind of going the other way with Tyler. I think he's the, the kind of guy that will not be throwing up at all. I just feel like he's, he's kind of built for this weird type of task. Um, and I'm not like you said, I am i don't know if he's going to break the overall record because I think it's to John's point, it's completely different if you do or don't throw up. I mean, that's a fact. It's a lot harder if you're keeping it all down to get a better time. That's just easy to understand. But I think Tyler could be the guy that uh, sets our no throw up record for a couple years to come.
7: Yeah, no, I could definitely see that because I know for a fact that if I ran it, I would for sure throw up. So, well it's
3: two different strategies, right? And that's why it's two different records as well. Is is there's one for strategy of of trying to keep it down then the other is how fast can I just push myself the whole time without spewing completely to the point where you have to stop. But
7: yeah, uh, I don't know if I could do it like like actually keep it all down even if that was my strategy in 12 minutes. I, I think it you was could 15 minutes I could do that but 12 is a little close. I don't know. It'd be really hard.
3: I think you could if you I I think John's strategy was pretty smart. Um actually was really smart. I don't know if I'd sprint the first half lap like John did, but if you wanted to keep it down, I'd almost even think about like starting each lap with a little walk because that's when the foam really tries to get back up. Um when I was trying to sprint that first like hundred meters after the beer. And then from there on it your stomach settles like pretty quick each lap. It's just like that initial couple uh, or 20 or so seconds that it really hurts. So I think there could be like a reverse of John's where you almost walk the part at the beginning after you just finished, and then you take off and finish the lap strong each time and, and put up a pretty decent time without ever having to, to throw up. Because the throw up really is not like a, my stomach feels so bad, I need to get this out. It's It's quite literally just like, wait physically you're not supposed to run and stuff liquids down your throat at the exact same time um so. yeah
7: i'm just so grateful that he's running it and not me like <laughs> i love dying but he just happened to be one of the other like it was either him or derek or me right it was yeah I was really what it was coming down to so i'm just so fucking happy it wasn't well, me Thank
3: and it's Lord. i i mean it obviously and you're in derek's spot it feels amazing but i gotta say i wish it was a little more climactic I, I, Tyler unfortunately lost those couple games where he could have made it a, a real close scene there um and you, yeah. to your credit you won yours and Derek won a big one last week as well so yeah, cut it on all Randy. sides
7: number one in the league my ass yeah that was
3: a big that hey that gives everyone competing for the playoffs a little confidence that Randy's maybe not so untouchable like like he's been built up to be um yeah. and speaking of the playoffs that's our that's our kind of final topic here obviously like we were talking about right before the pod here there's six of us that are technically in contention uh David yourself and John ha- are giving given a between zero and one percent chance each because you'd have to have me Jack and Paul all lose and outscore us by like 200 points um so not looking amazing there but out of those <laughs> six teams who do you think uh pulls the last two playoff spots to meet cooper and Randall
7: I mean, I mean, it's going to be you and uh, let's see. So Jack and Paul are pretty close. So, yeah, obviously you're in it, I think. Um, Especially you had a good start tonight, right? 24 points are. Oh, yeah.
3: I had a great one with Najee, but I really hate that my kicker had one point. And that's just me being stressed about the week in general.
7: Yeah, no, that's because
3: that's recoverable. I mean, obviously, it's yeah, it's OK. But, but I, I'm just you stressed you lose, as like, fuck.
7: <laughs> yeah, even if you lose, you're still going to you're still going to have a spot, I think. So I think right. you'll be, I
3: just have to out- definitely you.
7: Okay. And then Jack or Paul's a tough one because Jack's team has been his as of late. And he's playing John, who I would argue is a very beatable team. But oh, he's got John, coming back. John
3: has right. Camara back.
7: Yeah, that's I think I'm going to go with with Jack because like. I'm going to go to you and Jack cause Jack always like finds a fucking way to make the playoffs, <laughs> even though I never think his team is worthy of being a playoff team. And then he's always like, what the three or the four seed, usually the four seed. And then like, again, like he just wins. He just finds a way to win. Like his team all of a sudden is like, Oh yeah. Like we got to win for Jack so we can just, somehow. <laughs> so sadly fan. true. They just fuck up in so the much. playoffs so hard. Like I look at his roster and I think like his team is not that much better than mine. Right. Like, right. I mean, obviously well, for a long time, situation. Yeah. And but it's just shitty because like he's got a good team. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying his team sucks, but it's not like a team that I look at. I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's for sure a playoff team.
3: Right. It's and for buzzing. while, they're in the middle of the season. There was talk of him in the beer mile, you know, and now it's it's pretty much the opposite where I don't know. I It's certainly not a team I want to play in the first round. I mean, yeah, it, as Leonard Randall, net, I'm not dude. wanting to match up against Jack very much at all.
7: Yeah, I mean, I always i i shit on him for the Leonard Burnett pick at the, at, during the draft. I was like, that is just a horrible pick because I I mean, again, I always thought Ronald Jones is going to be relevant, but he never ends up being relevant. But he's been amazing,
3: yeah. Before, and you got to give Jack credit there in sticking or picking Kittle, and obviously that's come to into play pretty hardcore as of late. And then I, just because you're the um, only one that's recording here on Thursday night, so I I did want to say now that we have the information. How bad does Paul feel seeing Dalvin Cook put up 200 yards in a t- two touchdowns and score 33 oh. and a half points in a must win week?
7: Oh, it's just heartbreaking. That was it's
3: heartbreaking. Just... Like, I mean, it's not for uh, the rest of us. It's fun to laugh at. And luckily, Deontay Johnson got him in an 11 and a half. So he's still hanging around and he's still very much in the in the ball game. But holy shit, I just imagine being him. And that's just daggers to the heart every time he touches the ball yeah
7: he's still i mean paul's still got a good chance oh i agree this week. yeah he's not um, out of it
3: by any means I, it's just i mean 33 and a half is a tough tough number to yeah. see put up on the board
7: definitely not fun um i mean again connor you know those fancy gods exist
3: yeah oh we know that and paul's the, not afraid to tempt them
7: no he in fact he encourages them to 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 fricking spite him basically. Right. But just whether or not they choose it, maybe the fancy gods like it. I don't know. Part of me does thinks they don't. So I guess we'll see.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I agree. If he loses
7: this match, I think, you know, Hey, that, that could mean something. Cause Paul's had a really good team all year. And if this team doesn't make the playoffs, then what are we doing here?
3: Yeah. I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, and what I need to know from you as well, just on the topic of Paul and the rest of the league, obviously it's been a hot ticket item. You're, decision to hold on to Christian McCaffrey, um, and put a pretty high price tag on the trades as, you know, as he demands it's Christian McCaffrey. Do you have, there's been some booty chatter in the pod that you'll hear, uh, when it comes together tomorrow, any, any thoughts, obviously hindsight, it makes it really easy to poke holes in any strategy, but do you still feel, uh, comfortable with how you handled that situation throughout the season? I mean, you're six and seven. It's not like it's a bad year. So I want to give you all that credit and I really don't know if I, I mean, you are kind of similar mindset around trading and especially those kind of players. So I I'm probably not the guy that's going to be too controversial in how you handled it, but I am curious your thoughts after seeing it play out uh, the way it did.
7: Yeah, I have zero regrets with, with my decision-making and it's easy to say that because I'm not running the beer mile. If I was running the beer mile, it may feel differently. Um, uh,
3: trust me, it would, it sucked last year. Because yeah, I held Michael Thomas all year and then ran the beer mile, so I yeah. I did the bad thing, like the yeah. worst case.
7: <laughs> so you know exactly what it's like to be yeah to fuck it up all name. on
3: your own accord. Yes, I do.
7: I just I just don't I don't regret it at all. The, the only trade that I was offered that would have potentially made sense was when Paul offered me I think just Joe Mixon straight up for him, which that was I think right when McCaffrey was coming back from injury. And yeah, so, week
3: nine, I I think it was like on trade deadline week or, or maybe the yeah. week before.
7: And the reason I didn't do it was because that was when my t- like the rest of my team was still healthy. And so it was like, OK, if C-Mac comes back like and I win three in a row, like all of a sudden I'm in playoff contention. You're right? in Jack not spot. saying Joe Mixon's bad, but he's not C-Mac when C-Mac's healthy and C-Mac when he came back was putting up like twenty points a game without scoring touchdowns and playing half of a football game. Right. It was just like this just clearly shows how much better he is than everybody else when he's on the field. And and that's the reason why I just don't regret any of the trades like there was one trade that i that when i was joking with cooper i think he kind of thought i was serious well i was like jonathan taylor and Devonte adams that was never actually a real th- trade that i thought cooper was going to do he calls that out a lot unless it he said a-
3: yes i then i'd be like great okay <laughs> yeah i would have I
7: said yes when i when that when we were talking i said that it was it was a joke and i right. kind of thought he would understand that I, but i did try to get jonathan taylor straight up for him like earlier in the year and you know kudos to cooper for not doing that trade because obviously that worked out great for him um but, yeah, I don't regret anything. It, it sucks that he just kept getting hurt. But, I mean, again, when he was healthy, it's just like, look how fucking good he is. He does everything Yeah, and scores 21 points a game. And then they sit him like, one game, they just sat him because they were winning by so much so he just didn't play at all in the, in the second half. And he, like, le- left halftime with 21 and a half points. And then he had... Uh, he Oh, not to mention Connor he was limited, too. He wasn't even playing normal C-Mac time, right. and he was still putting up 20 minutes. It's just ridiculous how good that fucking guy is at fantasy football. Just, God damn it, I wish he was healthy.
3: And, and so that leads to my final question of the pod for you here, and that's, do you take, you know, going forward after dealing with the season like you did here, um, do you take that into consideration for your draft picks going forward? Like, is that something where in the one spot you consider – Someone because although CMAC is uh, really probably the far and away best player when he's healthy, he's had injury trouble now the last two seasons on kind of yeah. these like nagging injuries, and and other guys deal with that kind of stuff as well, and we'll see it happen more and more. You know, a guy like Alvin Kamara is probably going to continue to miss more and more time as the season or as seasons stack up because he's not a massive um, frame, you know, either. Is that something you'll take into consideration drafting going forward or is it still or is, is the mindset kind of um, just pick the best player available and you can't really think too much about injuries? Because who knows, you know, Derek Henry lost a half a season this year, too, and he's never been yeah. injured. So I'm curious your thoughts there after going through kind of a hell hole with your top pick.
7: Yeah, I think. I always try to say that you don't really want to make like big fantasy football draft decisions based on potential injury, because to like what you're saying, it's unpredictable and it's so easy. Like if a guy gets hurt two years in a row to be like, Oh yeah, you shouldn't have picked him because he gets hurt. But it's like, you know, we've seen so many, like no one ever talks about the times where guys get hurt for a full season then come back in our top five running back. You never talk about those instances. You only talk about the guys that keep getting or have been hurt multiple times in a row. So I think like, it's just not Guy the right like way to cook. think about it and make yeah exactly don't cook um i don't think i would make big decisions off it that said like you know if we're talking like a top five pick right or like mccaffrey's you know gonna be ranked pretty high going to next year now if i have the number one overall pick do i consider it yeah maybe because you know that's where you have the luxury of picking any good running yeah. back but if, if McCaffrey falls to like the six to 10 range and you pass on him because of a potential injury, that's where I think it would be a bad decision. Yeah. That, like that almost just,
3: sounds ludicrous at that point.
7: Yeah. It, I mean, he's, he's going to be a top five pick next year. He probably won't be number one. Like Jonathan Taylor has got to be number one going into next year at this point. Like he looks insane. Um, so that's kind of my thought. I never want to make a big decision because of potential injury. seems, seems odd, but then again, guys like Todd Gurley, you know,
3: all yeah, the decline can come and quick.
7: Done forever. Yeah, the decline can be really fast, so especially at the running all back the to it.
3: Yep, that's that's a fair point. That's honestly one of the reasons I do like going with receivers early, is I feel like they're usually more durable, just touching the ball less times. But that's not exactly a great strategy either, especially this season when that that wasn't even an option because there were no uh, there wasn't a ton of depth at running back but it is something I think of just because receivers are pretty boys and they tend to play a lot because they don't like getting hit. Um, yeah. And and granted I have zero championships. So how's that worked for me? Um, well, I'm a running back guy and I have zero too. There we go. Hey, we're in the same boat. Yeah. Maybe we should draft a quarterback next year. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all right, let's go ahead and wrap the pod here. I think this pod's going to branch on maybe three hours. So shout out to everyone for, Contributing. Derek, David, I will definitely get you guys on the the pod next week or in the weeks to come here. Um, so that we all get a chance to hear from you and, and get your topics as well. Uh again, thanks everyone for for calling in for a little bit. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited for everyone to hear and, and for the group text to explode at at some of the shit talk that's been sprinkled through here. But shout out to you, Ticket. Way to go avoiding the beer, Mile. It's been a it's been a great season for the Lug all together. And I, I think when you hear this pod, uh, everyone will agree that we all share that feeling very much in common.
7: Hell yeah, man. Thanks for putting this together. Thanks for being the commish.
3: Oh, yeah. Thanks Always. for doing this
7: pod. It's all great. Another I'm, great season. I'm very season. to listen to the whole
3: episode. That's right. And I can't wait for all of us to get together and watch Tyler run that beer mile. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to you, neither. Ty. <laughs> all yeah. right. Peace out. All right. See you, man. All right. Shout out to the Lug. Great pod there. Fun to hear from all of you. David, Derek, excited to hear from you guys. Uh, It's been a phenomenal season. We all know that. It's, It's as even as maybe any we've ever had. John mentioned it earlier in the pod. Maybe one of the best seasons we've ever had. And I just can't wait to see how it shakes out. Until next time. Peace.
2: You play to win the
0: game. Hello. You play to win the game. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
1: If you want to crown them, then crown them. A- but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.